Heresy and betrayal. These are the words being used to describe the treachery of the war master Horus and his three brothers, Mortarian, Fulgrim and Angron, against the innocent hive world of Istvan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless, after the Emperor's favoured son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon, the deadly Life Eater Virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionaries survive the onslaught thanks to some quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker, under the Coral City, these legionnaires broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio Free Istvan. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? This is... Episode 24 of Radio Freest Van. That's actually... Is it episode... Is it episode 24? Man, I could be fucking up right now. And I'm not going to edit this, so I'm just going to, like, just keep going. Yeah, it's episode 24. I had to double check. Anyway, what's going on, listeners? Uh, my name is Michael. This is a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. And I've got my co-host, my beautiful co-host right here, who's cleaning his desk off. So there he goes. <laughs> got Ryan right here. we... Go ahead and say what's up, Ryan. What's going on, everybody? And we actually have a, a special guest for you guys today. We actually co-hearsed Zach from my gaming group, Forgotten Legion. Well, I guess all of our gaming group, the Forgotten Legion. We got Zach in here. Go ahead and say what's up, Zach. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Good to we, be here. We decided to mix it up a little bit. We figured you'd probably gotten tired by now of me and Ryan's voice just talking back and forth. So we brought this sweet, sweet, deep voice in there to kind of even us all out. Oh yeah, sweet <laughs> culture sounds. Just, just I'm, get it deep. We did I'm this a for deep you people. Here. So yeah, man, what's going on, Ryan? What's what's uh what's weather like over there for you guys? In it is not like Texas. mid mid seventies with like pretty pretty low humidity, nice cool breeze. It's starting to become fall. The leaves are just starting to turn. Oh yeah, dude. So. I'm, totally fucking ready for that we get that at night like that's that's our night down zach i'm guessing things in houston are pretty much the same as down here of course sometimes y'all are like underwater and fucking flooded and dying whereas we're like yeah it's hot yeah they've been it's been cooling off uh like it's been a real good breeze we got actually a front so it's it's like mid 80s here so i mean i I think it's pretty nice i'm outside a lot in my job so it's good i gotta gotta deal with tree people soon that want to see all the leaves change, so they're always like driving really slow, taking pictures. It's terrible. Is that the Indiana thing to do? It's like people come and because all the the leaves change color and it's you know really pretty, but it's like that's fine. But go to like the state park and walk around. Don't like drive around your car like too. I got to go to work or go to the store or some shit. I don't have time to wait on your ass. <laughs> uh I had a, I have like in my head, I had a joke that I was gonna say that you could just do this, but like it's super politically charged, and I was like, no, nah, I can't. I'll just have to text him that. There's, I can't. There's a, uh, there's an episode, there's an episode of Family Guy where they're in uh, Quahog and the tree, like they're like, oh my god, it's that time of year, it's tree people, and it's basically the same thing we go through, so it's pretty funny. That sounds fucking horrible. Yeah, that's that's the worst. People are moving too fast over here in Houston. Like nobody, yeah, you you you'll get run over or something like that if you're looking at trees, not looking where you're going. You will die. Oh, yeah. We you uh, will die. <laughs> the only thing we have to worry about when like fall and winter is we get what are called uh, snowbirds or, or or winter Texans, which are yep. basically like RVs of like people from up north that like try yep. and escape 
the cold, and so they just come to Texas. But that just means that our Walmarts are, like, unusually packed in the... Like, you know how Walmarts have, like, these gigantic fucking parking lots for no reason? Well, they let anybody park in the parking lot overnight. So, like, the parking lot that you don't park in, like, the, the area you don't park in, there's RVs and shit over there. But they're, like, little little villages. Like, basically, we have a problem of uh, gypsies Water. that have way too much money. <laughs> <laughs> like, we got... We rich have gypsies. Rich gypsies. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's... That's that's a Texas problem, which you just don't you don't have to worry about because they they feed well, themselves and well that brings yeah. uh, that that brings about a, another problem at the Walmart because yeah then you got the squatters because there's the rich gypsies and then there's the there's the hobos that kind of like hang around them and they're actually living by the dumpsters or whatever trying to like I don't know scam all these gypsies so yeah like Walmart really needs like they'll buckle down after a while they'll be like hey. This guy is not the people that we want to be squatting in our parking lot, and uh, we've had to run some off before. Yeah, I guess for for all of you like international listeners, like I, I I'm guessing Walmart's international. I, I'm completely ignorant on if it is or not. So maybe it is, but our WalMarts are like these mega super centers and all this stuff, and they're massive parking lots. It's just like you know what I guess Costco's probably more. Um, I don't mainstream. know mainstream and all this stuff, but but in the Walmart version, Walmart area, we have these like homeless people that, especially in Texas, homeless people will like it, around wintertime they'll go try and scam off these these snowbirds or you know rich gypsies, and then they'll know that they're still there, so they'll set up little tent cities outside of Walmart. Like if if like most WalMarts are built, they buy tons of acreage around the Walmart itself, and so there's like a Walmart inside of land that they have. Well, this land, they don't really keep up with it or they'll like landscape it to where there's trees and shit. Well, these fucking homeless people will set up little tent cities inside these little forests outside of Walmarts, these little urban forests, And then they'll go and like try and get money and food off of these, uh, snowbirds. That's yeah, a, we that's, don't, ha- we don't have any of that. You, you sleep outside in Indiana in the you winter. Die. You fucking die. You <laughs> fucking die. That's, that's exactly. It gets cold here. Lucky. <laughs> Lucky. Uh, I had to walk somewhere in the winter one time. I forget where it was, and I didn't have the proper clothing. I was at a friend's house, and I needed to get home, and, and I didn't have a car. I didn't have a car at the. Yeah, I died. I didn't have a car at the time, so I remember going in there, and he was drunk, and I was trying to wake him up, and he wouldn't get up. So I was like, Ah, fuck this, because I couldn't find his keys to borrow his car. So I stole two pairs of his blue jeans and put on like three pair of blue jeans to keep my fucking legs warm and then like stole a coat and I walked like four miles home and I get home and I like can't fit my legs. I'm so fucking cold and I, I get inside and I, I turn on the news trying to get my legs warmed up and like three people had died that night from the cold. I'm like, I'm a dumbass. Why did I walk in? The-? I didn't realize how dumb it was until I got home and then had to like sit and rub on my legs and rub the feeling back into my legs before I could go to bed. You know, I went to uh, I went to Indiana a few years back. Uh, a buddy of mine went to school in Notre Dame, so we went. I went to South Bend, drove up there for the Notre Dame USC game, and uh, everybody walks everywhere over there, and it's fucking yeah. cold as fuck. Like, like we lived. Uh, I guess this guy lived about a good two, three miles away from the campus, and he's like, "Oh, we just walk." Yeah. And, that was ridiculous. That was uh, I was I was way out of my element. I was like I didn't 
I didn't prepare. Good thing. Like, well, it's this not, guy has it's not that cold here. I mean, people like in Canada or northern Michigan probably fucking laugh at me for bitching about it being cold. But I mean, for the for a lot of the United States, I mean, I'd say we're in we're in an area where most of the United States is warmer, you know, than in the winter here. We get some pretty cold winters. I mean, nothing like super extreme, but mm. a lot of people aren't used to it. Yeah, I went to like extreme cold. I went to Wyoming one time. Yeah. And we went to Casper, Wyoming. We had to go like for work. I had to go break down a unit and all this stuff. And we land and I'm not used to being cold. Like I don't understand. Like I don't have cold pants and all this stuff. Yeah. And so like nobody tells you like, hey, you're coming to Casper. Hey, bring some fucking warm shit because it's cold <laughs> as fuck here. So I'm like, I'll just take jeans and my boots and my fucking like I'll take a jacket. I'll take a Carhartt. I was fucking wrong. Like, I had to, like, the first day, they were like, hey, you're coming out here in jeans? And, like, I'm literally, like, there's, the wind is so hard and so strong there. Yeah. Like, it's piercing through my jeans. And I'm, I'm just, it's destroying me. And I'm like, I have yeah. to go. And, like, I had to, like, spend, like, an extra, like, $200 on, like, cold cold clothes to to not die in Casper. And, like, that first yeah. night, like, as soon as I was done with work, I was in my hotel room and like I feel like my body temperature had actually dropped like a couple degrees <laughs> and like I was dying slowly and so like dude I had to like I went to bed and like had to like curl up and like I was just like couldn't stop shaking. I was probably hypothermic. I probably It's that's that's what's funny. Like I feel like people who are from a cold weather climate like I can go to Arizona or whatever and I'm like, "Yeah, this is fucking hot, but I can adapt." You know what I mean? Like it's not as bad. You can always take I don't those think off. Well, yeah, but I mean, even that, like, there's only so many you could take off. But, like, we went to Arizona, and it was, like, 116, which is unheard of, like, for yeah. somebody, like, from Indiana. But, like, we could still deal with it. Like, we were still walking around doing stuff. We were like, man, it's just really fucking hot. But it's funny to see somebody that's totally unused to the cold, you know, when they get, like, it's like a whole nother thing. Like, a whole nother thing. Fucks your life up, dude. You can die. So... Yeah. Well, I mean, you can die from the heat, too, but I don't we don't really have I guess we do in like uh, Death Valley and shit, but we don't have like uh, crazy ass like, you know, African heat, like northern, like fucking Sahara, <laughs> where it's like African heat. You know what I'm talking about? Like there's there's places in the world that like the heat is just as bad as the cold, but I don't really think we have any place like that in the U.S. that people like live in. No, no, not. Yeah, we have Death Valley and all that, but nobody lives there. Well, except for the immigrants that are trying to come over, they they live there for a couple nights a year, right? But, but the uh, I mean, as far as cold, I mean, we have like the cold areas here, like people live there, like actually live there. <laughs> I made myself feel bad. <laughs> yeah, you need to come up here one time in the winter. Well, I'll take you to do all the crazy winter shit. Get you to drive in the snow. We'll go do some donuts in the Walmart parking lot. In yeah. the snow. It's pretty fun. We'll go sledding. We got the best fucking sledding hill in the state. The park. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the claim that's a claim to fame over there. Yeah. We, there's not much in Martinsville, but we do have a fucking <laughs> super, super legit like it it killed it killed a guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, with that. like hey, you should have hey, opened up with that. Hey, 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 snow hill. Yeah, it it seriously fucking is, man. I'll take a picture because uh, here pretty soon they'll start lining it. They have to bring in uh, 
the park actually has it budgeted where they buy all these uh, bales of straw to line <laughs> this whole one side of the hill so that to deflect you away from the fucking pool. Because you'll get going down this hill like 40, 50 miles an hour and then people slam into this chain link fence that surrounds the pool and fucking die. <laughs> so they have to put up this giant wall, this big barricade. So when you barrel down this hill, if you get out, you know, get, get offline, you just hit, slam into the barricade and bounce back into where you go so, out on the flat part. I was about to say that there, you know, like there's a few things that people die on these days that are not immediately like regulated by the government. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of hard to like regulate a hill, you know, just a landform yeah, where you yeah. lead down. But I mean, I guess that they stepped in and put a barricade there. I guess that's better than nothing. Yeah, they put they put a you know they put straw bales up. But I mean, it's it's a fairly like I don't. It's not an uncommon occurrence for somebody to get severely fucked up or die over their sledding. Like it's that's like what I'm talking about. like like when when somebody gets fucked up or breaks their arm or breaks their leg, it's kind of like yeah, that happens. You know, nobody gets like shocked about it. <laughs> I love how like like you know that there's some Parks and Rec dude who's like. Hey, what month is it? Like, what's today? Oh, it's October first. My God. <laughs> yeah, it's sled. Get the, it's sled season. <laughs> we got to get the straw out. Uh, whenever they put the straw bales out, if we get some snow or whatever, I'll go over there and take a picture. But it's fucking legit. I mean, it's. Hey, I'll. Come but if you're like, uh, yeah, if you're a younger tourist and you hear like, hey, uh, where's that hill where that guy died? <laughs> <laughs> take take me to that hill because. You know, I, I, how often do I come to Indiana? I got to do this hill, this this hill where, you know, that that the guy died. Like that's got to be a claim to fame for, you know, at least the younger folks, you know, that are, you know, the tourists. Like, you know, I, I went down Dead Man's Hill. <laughs> I don't do a lot of like, you know, hardcore like activities, so I feel like that would be that would be one of those things. Like, it's oh yeah, we did some extreme sports while we we're in Indiana. It's like oh yeah, what what'd you do? Oh, yeah, it's just some extreme shit. We went on this hill where this dude died. It's like, what? What were y'all do? Like, snowboarding? Were you fucking, like, skiing? Extreme skiing? It's like, nah, man, sledding, bro. Sled. I had a super large inner tube, you know? I'm sure there's people that go down the inner tubes, right? Or They they use everything. Um, you can use, an, like, I've seen people use an old car hood. Nice. Like an old car where, you know, nice. it curves up in the front. If you, so you can get like several people on it, you that, know, to go down. That sounds seen, like how you die. Like that's yeah. how. Like that's how. I've, that's I've seen that American steel. Now, the, the craziest. I used to have one of these. Uh, you guys being from Texas, probably never seen one. They make sleds that literally have skis, like snow skis. So imagine like you're sitting. It's actually got a seat, like almost like a race, like a what yeah. you would see like in a dragster or a race car. <laughs> Some so Ricaro. Ricaro. So it's seat. got a. It's got a seat you sit in, and it's just got a little frame underneath it with two skis, like legit fucking skis on each side of you. Like a and rope. Then there's, right? a, then there's a steering wheel in front of you oh. with like a, a like almost like a bike, you know, like it comes out with like a fork and all that other shit, but it's got one more ski in the front where you can actually steer it. So it's like three like downhill skis on this little bitty fucking lightweight metal frame with like a race car seat with a steering wheel where you can turn the front ski. And you will fucking fly like fly like fast like super fucking fast. It's all I, you, Michael. I don't, man. I, okay, yeah, I'll do, I'll totally do this like s- this sled thing. But if I die, you cannot <laughs> tell anybody that's how I died. Like this dude. Like I'm what? glad I'm glad I don't know the name of the dude who uh, 
uh, you know, died on this sled, uh, like died sledding. Like, I hope that nobody ever, like, I hope his tombstone doesn't say, like, I should have used a toboggan. He- yeah, it's like, <laughs> these are the memorial hay bales, like, <laughs> named, <laughs> named after this guy to protect a new future dumbasses. I just want to know, like, how he died. Like, I'm pretty sure he- there- Ryan's. You know, there's like a there's like a, a thing of flowers or whatever sitting there somewhere. Like a so apparent right. there's there's several videos, not several, but I just googled okay. Mart- Martinsville, Indiana sledding hill, and there's videos on YouTube you can watch where people have like shot videos and shit on their phone. Oh, I thought I thought there were videos of this dude's death. I was like, holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs> That's cold, y'all. That's cold. Y'all cold, Martinsville. Man, it is cold. It's winter time. No. But yeah, dude, if I die on that hill, don't. Don't tell anybody I died on the hill. You got to tell them we were doing something crazy. It's like, oh, man, I don't know why he took all those nails in his hand while he was going downhill. <laughs> he said it looked cool. I'll, I'll, like I said, in the wintertime, I'll go over there and take some pictures. The The worst thing about it is this fucking hill. Like, you've seen, I'm sure you guys have seen, at least went to a water park or seen a water park where those slides are almost like straight up and down, those water slides. Yeah, That's like the entire face of this hill. Oh, it's, yeah. It's like that steep. And it's it's a huge ass hill, so like once you sled down it, the worst part is having to fucking drag your sled back up because you imagine there's already snow on the ground, so snow is harder to walk in anyway. And now you're walking up this hill. I mean, it, so it'll wear your ass out. Somebody that's kind of old and chubby like me, you're only gonna want to do it two or three times anyway. I mean, kids, you know, that have infinite energy will run up and down it. But what's the best time to go? to get all this get the full effect i mean just whenever it snows i mean it, so i would say like january february is typically when we get the most snow because you want you want that that soft powder right you don't want that hard oh well i guess it has to be like hard ice huh for you to no because i mean even get, if it's like it'll pack down the best the best sledding snow is like the fluffy wet snow that'll start to pack down as you go down it and then once it gets packed down from several people going down it it gets really fast yeah, I want nothing. I want nothing to do with this hill, like already. Like for one, it's hard to get up. It's like you. Oh, <laughs> you, you already said it's it's all right. Like it's not the best thing in the world. And then I could die from doing it. Come on. Well, you just don't do just don't jump the 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 worst thing that you got to look out for is go down the kitty ramp <laughs> because there's a you know the white hill. We're in the middle of Indiana. There's the a bunch of fucking bunch of fucking hillbillies. So you just have to watch that when you go down, once you get up off your sled, that somebody's not coming down behind you, slamming into you, or you don't wipe out on the hill and somebody else is trying to go at the same time and you're crashing into each other. That's when shit gets bad. See, that all sounds terrible. So, I don't know. You should check it out. If you ever come come here to play some games or whatever, whether what regardless of what time of year, I can at least drive. It's only like five minutes from my house. I can drive you over there and go, this is the hill. And it's one of those things from the ground, like when, from like the parking lot, you look up and you're like, oh, that doesn't look that bad until you actually get on the face of the hill and realize how steep it is. And then when you get at the top and realize how tall it is. Mm. Yep. I don't trust it. Don't trust but it. When I go there, when, when, I, when I head up, I'm pretty sure I'll go up there during the winter sometime. I have plenty of vacation time, actually, and a ticket I got to use now that I think about it. So Any time, man. This might yep. happen. Anyway, we should get on some 30K stuff. 
instead of this yeah, death two. hill that you're talking about. Death hill. <laughs> it's called it's called Hillman Hill. I don't know what it's called. I just talk, <laughs> call everybody calls it the Martinsville Park Hill. Oh, I don't know where I got Hillman, but I sounded. <laughs> a, <laughs> it's Hillman Hill. Hilly McHillface. <laughs> uh, so anyway, guys, man, what have? Oh shit! I didn't. I didn't realize we didn't tell the listeners what 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 they're in for. So I guess we should. I guess if you made it this far, you don't really care. But uh, for those that do care, uh, we actually have a few questions we're gonna go over. We actually have one list today. Uh, we have a guy wanting to know about his thousand sons. Uh, what he can do and how he can get rid of. Of course, we're going to go over hobby progress, and we're going to go over a question we had about Thousand Sons. We're going to go over some Centurion talk, that a question I got from Reddit. Uh, he wanted to know about different Centurions and the different styles. We have a question on Hammerfall Strike Force, and then we have an Iron Warriors list that we'll be going over at the end. Ooh. So anyway, let's get into some hobby progress. Dude, Zach... What what are you working on, dude? Like you're like the guest. We gotta get you in here. Like I'm pretty sure everybody's tired of like Michael's working on Fury yeah. of the Ancients, Blood I'm Angels. Pa- I'm painting red. I'm still <laughs> still, still red. Still painting I've got, red. I've got four four pots in front of me. Uh, no, I've been uh well, preparation for Stiff Three, but this Golars event's coming up October 22nd over at my shop uh, in Victoria, and so I kind of had to take a break from. The, I'm still doing the design on this table, but I'm knocking out some uh, some of the horse troops, some infantry, some reinforcements. I kind of I haven't ran. Last time I ran it at Adepticon was 2000, so I kind of changed up the list and uh, added in some some more guys, making uh, the changes from tactical support troops to uh, vets. So I'm um, putting uh, I, I got some combi weapons in, and so I'm putting some of that on. I'm just about wrapped up. I just got to base them. I'm putting like some shoulder pads on now, and I got to base them, and then I'll be done with my list. And then I, I got to knock out a couple extra terminators, and I'll be done with that. The exciting thing that I'm working on is the table, and I'm still kind of in the design phase, but I uh, this is for stiff three. So I mean, I still got time, but I'm I've tossed it around so many times. Uh, what I wanted to do, like I had the basic, you know, idea, the plan. It was going to be multi-level with uh, that could incorporate uh, and modular and incorporate Zomertalis inside of it. Uh, I just needed to figure out how I was going to to pull that off. So I'm going. I've got some some pieces in. I ordered some pieces from MicroArt, which uh, you know they're just like basically barracks. If you want to see, like right these. Like these kind of, they're like hard foam, but they actually have doors. Oh, those are. I have uh, some of those. I have some of those. They're pretty. Yeah, cool. they're yeah, they're pretty cool. But basically, these are going to be coming out of a, a rock face on each side. Like I want to make it symmetrical in that no one side of this, uh, you know, base has an advantage. You know, there's not like an entrance on. You know, I want to have entrances from both sides if I have it in the middle, uh, and I would like to have. Theoretically, right now, uh, you know, an entrance for infantry that basically they can come in right here and enter into the zone mortalis part. Uh, an infant, uh, an entrance that's more of a garage type hangar bay for large vehicles, or that a vehicle could come in or stick stick out of if it's if it's facing out. Uh, and then uh, and then also a ramp 
that goes up this rock face, like the front of it will be like a rock face or some kind of terrain area. And then a ramp, uh, that they can, you know, you can get on top of it and access the top portion of this level. Um, so this, these barracks are going to act as my infantry entrance. So they will, uh, they'll basically be protruding from the rock face. And then, uh, so you can, if you can get to this area, then you can enter into the zone where Uh, like, I think I talked about it before, making it modular to where there's a piece in the middle that there's zone mortalis underneath and basically if it's modular you can split it apart and then have two multi-level parts on the outside and like a valley in the middle and they can fight in the middle if you wanted to run a different kind of scenario or wanted to change it up later and then you could you could choose to use the zone mortalis part you know the kind of inner workings of this fortress or uh, just uh, or fight from the top and have it just like elevated positions on each side and fight in the middle. Uh, you know, ultimately it would be a four by a four by eight table. So it's it's still in the fetal stages. Like I got basic plans. I got some other things I'm I'm getting around. I'm getting some foam. To get. I have a big pile of foam here that I need to to assemble and cut and make some rock faces i think but uh but it's it's coming together and and it's a it's a neat project i just keep getting distracted by games and working on these dudes so and i still got my escalation army over here in the corner just staring at me sad that they're not get they're not getting the attention uh i also got some other things i'm having a guy actually i'm making a conversion of one of my one of my tanks that hopefully I'll be putting out some content in, but I actually am getting a custom made piece uh, to like, I made a, a barrel of a cannon, but it looked real stale, like real flat. So I'm going to have him kind of, kind of mix some pieces up and make it look a little different, break it, mix it up. So hopefully if I get some finished product here, I'll be able to put some content out on the, on the interwebs and show you. Hell yeah. But, yeah. Dude. So you're making like a giant valley, like is that going to happen? Like for your your table or? Well, uh, in theory, it's going to be a uh, there's going to, it's it's going to be modular. So the, the, look at four two by four pieces, right? Okay. The and the center two are going to be this fortress in the middle, and 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 underneath it there'll be a zone mortalis on the bottom. Okay. Just, just hear me out. So, so you have a four by four. The two pieces will be a four by four with the zone mortalis inside of it, okay? And then two pieces lay on top of it to create this, this kind of fortress in the middle, okay? Okay. Like, how are you right. elevating it above the table, or how's that working? Yes. Uh, well, there'll be built-up foam like on the sides, and then basically you can lift up two, uh, two additional two by four. Uh, two foot by four foot pieces to, you know, reveal the inside zone to, to reveal the inside zone where part. What if you have people playing on the, the top one? Like what if yeah, well, there? How do you, how do you lift that up? Or? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, if the, if the pieces can lift off, then they could be placed somewhere else. If they're, if they're on, if they make it on top, Ma- mainly the, uh, the, the thing is, is that the, the objective would be mainly inside the, the building, right? Inside the zone where part. And so you can choose to go on top, but there's uh, I don't see that there being anything in this particular scenario. The thing that makes it modular and and uh, the the reason why it's modular is that if you if for some reason you took out the two inside two by fours, flipped them around and and 
put them on the outside, like squeeze the other two in, then it would look like half of a building on one side and half of a building on another side, and then and then forming a valley in the middle. Ah, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of difficult without any visuals, I guess. So I'm actually doing something similar right now. I, I took, I'm taking eight bastions and building like just a giant-ass building. So okay. the building is going to separate. So it's just going to be one big building that surrounds a two-by-two uh, two two section of Zone Mortalis. And then it's made out of bastion kits. So right where I actually got a visual. In the bastion kit. So this yeah. seam right here, right, it's going to come apart right there. So this part, this part will be around the zone mortalis, and then this upper part will sit on top of it. So the way it'll work is you can just grab that whole upper part and remove the whole upper part of the building shit, to access a, the inside. That's a shit ton of bastions, huh? Like uh, eight of them. I had to clip eight of them off the fucking spur the other day. It took like. 12 hours just to clip and clean all the pieces for eight bastions. Uh, so damn. So, so you kind of got the same, the same thing, like, uh, the same. Yeah. It's, it's basically just going to, all mine's not going to be like, it'll all be on the same like table level. So it'll be like a table. And then that big building will just be in the center. Right. I'll have access points on the outside of the building. And when you go to move into the building, you'll literally, it'll just be like embarking into a vehicle. Like, you just have to be within two inches of the door, and you'll remove your models, and then lift the whole top up, and then disembark from the inside of the door, just like yeah. It. So, that's how I plan on do doing it. But you'll be able just to grab the whole top of the building and take it on and put it, you know, put it, take it off and put it on if you want. Okay. That sounds, that sounds badass. Like, with using the Bastion, is probably going to be, uh, like, that's, I guess, probably more expensive. But that's, I see how you're doing that. That That's going to probably be a lot more sturdy. And, uh, I plan on reinforcing it on the inside. The weird thing is because they're like they're not so a two uh, four by or a two by two zone mortalis is obviously twenty four by twenty four. So I'm having to build the side walls are going to be seven seven bastion panels wide. So it's seven bastions seven bastion panels by seven by se you know it's seven all the way around. <laughs> so it's you can imagine how big that'll be, um, but it has to be slightly larger. Then it has to be bigger than the actual Zomortalis tiles, but you end up, it's like, ends up being like three inches bigger. So I think like the width of the building I'm building is like 27 and a half inches. And then the, you know, the, obviously the tiles are exactly 24. So the, like, it'll actually sit around the tiles and there'll be a little bit of a space on the inside, but it's not that big a deal. See, I was working with, uh, with just two by fours on the, uh, on the frame. And then going to fabricate some some just foam like rock faces, I guess, on the outside for that, and then sit something on top. You should use but, some of those rock molds, man, because you can make it out of foam, and then take rock molds and just glue the rock to it, like I did my Isfahan table. Yeah, I asked Michael if he could talk to you about the your foam your rock uh, face molds, uh, but he didn't have any idea what I was talking about. Oh, well, <laughs> I could if you just need to use them, I'll just mail them to you, and you can use uh, them. I'm not using well, them right now. Well, you you like cast those uh, like plaster those just right? buy plaster Paris at Lowe's. You can buy a whole bag for like twenty bucks, and it'll. I've do... been I've been watching a lot of videos on just making it, carving them out of foam or whatever. So I I have a bunch of foam like sitting here. So I'm a, I'm gonna try that just because I have it, and then uh. Well, that's you know, how like, I did. Mine are like shaped out of foam, 
like it's it's just foam, but then I faced it with the rock to make it look yeah. more more realistic. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an option. Like I'm still, I'm still way behind in what I want to do, but I'm I've been working on these sons of horse guys that I really want to get, I really want to get started on that because it's it should be a big project and I don't want it to be half ass. That's, that's what I'm doing. Hopefully, I'll see it at Stiff Three. Are you taking Are you taking your Sons of Horus to Golers on twenty second? Uh, yeah, perhaps. I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking Sons of Horus. Oh yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if the Golers guys listen to this, but I, I get it. I, I understand where you're where you're coming from on that. No, yeah, they're they're my they're my most. Uh, I haven't played them. I played them plenty, but not enough to where it's like, oh, uh, you know, I'm not. Uh, I don't know why you're trying. Why you guys keep it secret? Like the way I roll, I I tell my club, this is what I'm running. Come and fucking stop me. <laughs> Meta all you want, it will do you no good. You got to get in their head. Just get in there. Rent rent out space in their head, rent free. Live in there, and it just they, it just fucks with them. They they, they know what I'm taking. Me. They haven't even met. I haven't even met really those guys so i mean they they might be completely clueless as to what what kind of army i run the good news is like they already know what i'm running so like if they meta for my army it totally fucks them for everybody else's army so it's yeah. like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like uh oh, take augury scanners and melt guns oh, okay sure all right <laughs> here comes josh's troops like just, <laughs> here comes the world eaters <laughs> Man, I wish I could have came. It's just too much money to come down there for one day. Yeah, I wish I could like transfer my free plane ticket to you. I really got to well, use it. Well, flying down, like, because I looked at it originally, and it was like, because I just put, I just typed in flights from Indiana, you know, to Houston or whatever, Texas, and it said it said one hundred and thirty dollars. So I just figured it'd be, you know, you multiply that by two, there and back, two sixty, no big deal. So then when I, after I told you guys I would come down there, I was like, ah, I could, you know, since I have a free place to stay or whatever, it'll be a little less than $300. I can afford that. Like, that's not that, like, it's yeah, we, still kind of expensive for one fucking weekend, but I was like, ah, I get to see you guys. It'll be fun. So I went and started looking at round, like, you know, to buy tick, actually buy tickets. The problem is to fly for whatever reason to fly from Texas to Indiana is twice as expensive to fly from Indiana to Texas. So it ended up being like after taxes and everything, it was like six hundred thirteen dollars or something for tickets. And I was like, "Eh, I'm good. I can't." That's you know, that's double, basically double what I thought it would be. Hmm. When, when's your event, Ryan? My event is November fifth. About a month. You gonna come up here? I don't know, man. I'm thinking about it now. Like all of a sudden, just like I, I forgot about that whole like train situation. I really want to check this train out before. Oh, we yeah. get we load up all the guys on it. That's you, that's if, two full days on a train. Like if we're round trip, like yeah, that's horrible. That's okay. well. If you if you come up here, let me know. I think I have some days off left. I'll just take them all right there. We can hang out and do some stuff. I'll take you to the fucking exotic cat place. I'll take you to go see this. Uh, did this you say hill. exotic cat place? Yeah, what? it's the it's the exotic exotic feline rescue center. They have like a bunch of fucking lions and tigers and jaguars and all kinds of crazy shit. But so it's kind of like a zoo, except it's like they just like have them behind like a uh, chain link fence, and you can get like two feet away. So it's kind of like 
you'd have to not be a dumbass and stick your hand in there with them because you you could. It's not like a zoo where they have all this safety shit, like where you could be a dumbass and it's gonna kind of gonna protect you. Like it's more like of an extreme. Like if you're really that dumb to stick your hand in a tiger's mouth, you can do that here. It's that close. I'm starting to like Indiana more and more because it seems like they're not as liberal as I guess I thought they were. Of no, like, um, no. Like, 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 they're like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, you come come to Indiana and possibly die. At <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I mean, okay. I guess if you look at it like, you know, we're real lenient. That, Welcome to dog. Indiana. Don't act stupid. <laughs> yeah, basically, don't yeah. Act stupid. Like, you will die. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Our yeah. rules aren't that strict, so no. fend for yourself. These people have like 235 large cats, but it's like a rescue place. They don't like go out and like buy them. It's like, like they have all kinds of crazy stories where it's like Chicago cops will raid some guy's apartment in Chicago or whatever for drugs. And then they find like he's living with like two full grown adult Jaguars or some shit. So they don't want to just kill the cats and no zoo will take them. So this guy just basically adopts them, but they don't treat them like pets anymore. So they they live outside in an enclosure, obviously almost like a zoo, but they just let it like the enclosures there are really big and they just let them grow up wild. They don't like go in and like, you know what I mean? It's more just like a natural thing, I guess. So but they have all kinds of shit. They got like Canadian lynx. They've got jaguars. They've got tigers. They got lions. They got all this shit. I thought we have talked about this on here before. We possibly may have. Uh, I, I'm easily forgetful. They have this tiger. I think his name's like Caesar or whatever. He's like an 800 pound tiger. That's a fucking big animal. Like you don't realize. Like he'll walk by the fence, and you like you could you can get like two feet away from him. Like he's walking by, and he'll put his paw down, and you get to looking at his paw, and you realize like you're looking at it, judging its size, and you look down at yourself, and you realize his entire paw is like the size of your entire chest. Like if you laid flat, and he put his paw on your chest, it would cover your whole chest. You're like, man. No, I'm good. Like, this, this, like, these I'm, things I'm so fucking low on the food chain around here. Like, and I they just, like you go and like I said, like so they have like a time of day you go and it's just like a normal tourism thing. Like there's just a bunch of people there, and then if you like at, at, after two o'clock, like everybody has to leave. But then you go and it's like twice as expensive to go, but it's more of a guided tour. And I like it because if you want. Like, they don't whitewash anything. Like, you can actually go and watch them, like, feed the animals. So they literally, like, they'll, like, people who have, like, horses or cows, like, dairy cows or that die, or if they get fresh roadkill, like, if somebody hits a white-tailed deer and it's fresh, people just bring it there because they know. They literally, like, take a, they take a bobcat and, like, with a clam bucket and, like, grab the legs, like, with the clam bucket and just lift it up and just, like, cut this thing apart with a sawzall. And then just like give them chunks of animal, and you can watch all that. Like they don't whitewash it. Like if you hang want t- to see hang that. tight one second, Ryan. Okay, so the thing is, and I'm pretty sure Zach was on the same page because he laughed when he. I, I saw I saw his mind working like mine. Whenever you said they don't whitewash it, and they start feeding them, the first thing that came to my mind was like, holy fuck, they probably lower like a goat, like Jurassic oh, Park. No, 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 no. it's like, not live animals. <laughs> they don't give them live animals. I was like, that's Shut immediately. I was like, "Holy fuck! What?" You can no, see they don't. They don't, feed them, they don't feed them live animals, but they, <laughs> like I'm saying, they they feed them I'd, actual. I'd like, pay extra. I'd pay extra for that. Like, I'd bring you know, my own goat. Yeah. Yeah. But like, no, it's it's pretty like, cool. It's, it's then after two a.m. Then you. Can. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty neat. They start so. serving liquor. 
<laughs> they feed live animals. <laughs> anyway, let me know if you want to come up here. We got some. We got some pretty cool shit. Yeah, you don't want to spend a whole week in Indiana on vacation, but I can entertain you for two or three solid days. Yeah, absolutely. Could eat a lot of pork pork sandwiches. Oh, that's fucking happening! If he comes up here, we're going to the the uh, the diner, the Oasis Diner. Well, we we may spend some time uh, on the Adepticon trip, right? Nothing's planned. Yeah, whatever we can do it. We'll How far away is it? How far away is it from? Uh, it's three Schaumburg? and a half hours from Schaumburg. So that's 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 nothing, especially that's, in Texas. Yeah, that's nothing. That's that's me to get to Zach. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's me to go pick up some uh, model air. So, all right. So back on track because I keep derailing us with Indiana tourism shit. Um, <laughs> you work for the tourist board. This is just a front. <laughs> so are you what else are you working on zach is that everything just the zone mortalis thing uh that's pretty much it like i said my uh my iron hands have kind of fallen to the wayside because i'm trying to get ready for this event and uh, get this table going yeah that's pretty much it cool that's enough where you at Ryan? you got what you got so i'm working on that something similar to zach where i'm building that big building um this is the last piece of whatever, like, I don't necessarily need this. Like we, this mission, I've sent you the mission packet, Michael. So it's the, it's the relic mission in there where if you got a whole table and then in the middle of the table is a two by two zone mortalis. And then you play the, basically the 40 K relic mission, but you put the relic in the middle of the zone mortalis. So the idea is you got an army on one side and an army on the other side, and they're both trying to storm this building and make off with this artifact. So it's a two by two in the middle. It's just yeah. A- so it's a six by four table. Okay. You play hammer and anvil, but in the middle of a six by four normal table is a two by two zone mortalis. And so the, so you can actually fit the whole thing in there. So there's entrances. There's multiple entrances on yep, even on the yep. sides. That was the thing yes. that I ran into is that yep. I would only have to have two sides to assault, right? And uh, and not in the middle. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. So that way. Because I'm trying to incorporate it where when you take a conventional army, like a 2,500-point army, if you make the building too large, it makes it where, like, if you have a Spartan or something, there's no point in having it because everybody's going to be in the building fighting and it's just going to be right. tooling around outside. So I needed to make it to where you had an even, you could have an even amount of conflict going on on the outside of the building and on the inside. So I just did a two-by-two two where you can drive around the building. You could still use your tanks. You could still use your planes and all that. But the way we do it is... As soon as you cross the plane of the edge of the Zone Mortalis tile, everybody inside uses Zone Mortalis rules. Everybody outside uses normal rules. Um, and no, you can't interact. So if you're on the Zone Mortalis tiles, you can't like shoot off of the Zone Mortalis tiles onto the normal table and vice versa. So, so I think we need to have like a table off here at a at like vote on your favorite table at Stiff Three. What do you think? Like since uh, there's multiple, there's some of us that are making our own stuff, designing our own things. You and uh, Chris. Well, I'm not. I'm not bringing it. Like my. No, no, no. I was talking with Monty. I was talking oh, okay. with Monty. Like, aren't you building a table too? Like you're, like, like yours sounds fucking sweet, man. <laughs> the graveyard, man. The graveyard table. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to seeing Ryan's table. To be honest with you, like that. Yeah. That seems like, yeah. Honestly, like two by two. Uh, 
I thought like in my head two by two sounds massive, but after you know working on my tile, it's not that big. Yes. So yeah. So the so basically I'm working on that now. I don't. I would don't 100% have to have this done. You can play this mission without a building around it. You just put the tiles down, and like I said, you just pretend that there's walls there and things on the tiles can't interact with things on the outside mm -hmm. type of thing. But I'm actually building a physical building to go around it just so it gives you more immersion. And then from the outside, you actually have this big piece of line of sight-blocking terrain to interact with. Yeah, I actually, I actually like that better for, uh, for, for, the, for a mission-specific thing. I, when I was just thinking about mine, I was thinking about uses outside of just the the mission and like maybe having a, you know, because you could use if it if it works out in theory, you could just use the zone mortalis or you could use it without the zone mortalis portion right. or you know uh, you can make it the valley or you can have, uh, you know, make it make your building bigger and be assaulting from one side kind of like your isfan five table that's right that that's the the theory i'm not if it works out that way i'm not too sure yet <laughs> right so the, i'm basically just building that building that's the last piece of terrain i need for my event and then the other thing i'm working on i was i started painting on my militia again um so i got i i got a whole squad of 10 ogrens pretty much done i got a couple i just need to base them how do you, do you use the GW Ogrens there? Did you use they're the, the old, they're the old metal ones from GW. Okay. The old school metal ones, but I what changed. It look like Simpson characters. Yeah, but I ground, I took, I cut their faces off with a metal. Oh, <laughs> I ground all their faces off. Harsh. And uh, I took uh, the, you know how the, the, have you ever built a defiler kit? How it comes with like three masks, like three separate heads plates for yes. the defiler yeah I, I took the one that almost looks like a jason mask yeah and then cut up some melta bombs and made like canisters for it where it looks like a gas mask and put it on all of them and then made straps so they look like they're wearing like a skull face gas mask to match my uh militia dudes and then i took all, uh cut off all the um imperial eagle shit all over them and then put chaos symbols on them and then painted them with the green fatigues and the rusty plates on them that sounds badass. I got some pictures of two. I'll send you right now. But that's pretty much all I've been working on. I, I It took me like one and a half days at work just to clip off all these bastions on the sprues. And then I spent the the next like two or three days painting these ogrens. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. What a boss. Dude. So, so about you, Michael? Paint some red. Oh yeah, working dude. that red. Oh, you know it. Uh, man, I, honestly, I got my first. Uh, did I send y'all a picture of it? Hold on. I heard. I heard your uh, your your illumination came in, right? Yeah, man. I showed it off. I showed it off. Your 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 effects. Yeah, that's badass. So, I'm excited to see that. So, uh, I'm gonna send y'all a picture of this real quick. So I painted, like, all my drop pods are ready to assemble. Like, all I have to do is just glue them together in the right spot. And then what I did was I took, and I really should have used uh, my airbrush instead of my Chaos Black can of spray, but I was, like, really excited at the time. So I just shot y'all a picture of a 
like pretty much 80% done dreadnought drop pod. Um, you can see like where I, cause basically all I did was I, I primed the bottom black. And so I got to hit it up with some later on. I have to hit it up with some like, you know, washes or stuff like that. Or like, you know, maybe some grime or kind of metal it out a little bit to look like it's like faded, but I wanted to look like, you know, drop pod entering orbit kind of thing entering lower atmosphere, burning up and all that shit. So I just sent y'all both that picture of like what it looks like kind of 80% done, but it takes me like, I want to say four minutes to glue that together and like get it going. Uh, the magnets are already on there. So it's, that's pretty much what it looks like done. I just got to get six more of those assembled. And that'll take no time at all. But I, I've set myself up to where like it's super easy to get that assembled. Uh, the Where's the line highlights? There's no line highlighting. There's no line highlighting at all on those. <laughs> Not yet. Fuck no. That is, uh, yeah. Line highlighting will come in later. But right now, this is just to get ready for goalers. And then the Looks interior. Good, the interior is also not painted. Um, but. I did find out that, so I was doing these six by six Zomortalis squares for my, for my uh, show board or whatever it's called. My, what the fuck is it called? Display Display board. board. Yeah. So I was doing these, you know, six by six squares for my display board. And I found out that, you know, I told y'all that I wanted to create a door like that sits on top of the six by six. So yeah. the the actual dreadnought drop pod takes up most of that six by six, so um, I got Comrade Keish. I think we we talked about this on the webcast. I don't know if we talked. I think I had mentioned that I was trying to get Comrade Keish to like help me and work something out, but uh, Comrade Keish is actually uh, building and working on the commission of the doors themselves to have design them up in a three D printing like a to a three D model. He's designing it and all that jazz, and. That way I can print it up and just resin cast it. Um, so, but I, I looked at the size and I drew him a design and he said like, hey man, uh, like this is like really close to the edge like to make this fit. And I was like, well, that's fine. Well, then I was like, well, on my display board, I know I'm going to have to have one door open and I'm going to have to have a walkway. And so then I like, kind of mocked it up i put two of my zone mortalis squares together my six by sixes i put the drop pot on there where it would sit and then i had the door open and i found out that like it is perfectly like eight inches like a whole drop pod open with the door open and all that stuff so basically i have four inches of walkway down the middle of these two uh of these uh like these drop pod openings and all that stuff so my my actual base itself once all the drop pods are lined up the only opening i'm gonna have is a it's like a four inch like strip down the middle where like people can walk all that stuff so you know i I went out and i bought all these like crates and stuff to put out there and stuff but there's gonna be absolutely no room for those crates and shit and then on top of that i also have to Hmm. to i'm trying to i bought those uh, forge rolled scribe scribe uh, uh, panels. I, I guess what they're called. Um, they're they're meant for zone mortalis. They're called, scribe stations, is what they're called. Okay. Yeah. 
So I, yeah. I got those scribe stations. I was going to put one of those scribe stations at every drop pod so that I could look like, oh, well, you know, we're just, you know, we're doing work and whatever. So I don't know how I'm going to fit those in or I might have to drop them. So I realized that space is like really fucking limited on a two by two when uh, pretty much a six by eight times eight is taken up by. Make it bigger. I, I made mine um, instead of two by two, it was another 12 inches. So it was 36 by two. My display board last year. Oh, man. I got to keep it two by two. I can't. I can't keep adding on to it. Like that's. <laughs> I, I gotta. Like, it's a little bit easier for me because there's a lot less. Like I can paint the walkway. Like I can paint basically this walkway. I can paint like the hazard stripes along the side of it. Like I have all the LEDs to go around the the uh, the drop pod door. I'm really excited about this drop pod door, by the way. Like to have Comrade Keish on the fucking case, man. Like that dude's legit. Like. We, you've seen what the stuff he makes. He's yeah, the guy that yeah. made the the uh, Hellfrost Knight, the Space Wolf Knight. Uh, yeah. So like he he's a legit like three D modeler. I'm like, super excited like have him working on it. He's all the first thing I told him was like you know this is a door design. I was like but this isn't set in stone. I just need a door set under this. And he goes well have you considered an iris door instead of like that door you designed up? And I was like I absolutely considered an iris door. That was the first thing I wanted, but like I'm not qualified to cut that out of plastic card and shit like that. So if you design it up, man, I'll print it. I'll print it and cast it. And so that that's, I'm super excited. I'm super excited to get those doors in, get them casted. I can't wait to see the first one with the LED sticking through it with the drop pod sitting on top of it. Like I'm a hundred percent ready to get that done. So, but other than that, I've just been painting these or not even painting, assembling at this point, the drop pod doors. But I still have two, no, actually three Raving Guard drop pods that I have to convert over to Blood Angel drop pods. Mm. And then I have a squad of 10 that I have to, basically I'm probably going to use Calf Marines, a squad of 10 that I have to assemble and paint by the 22nd on top of everything cool. else. I'm just glad to be done writing uh, rules for my event and back to hobbying. <laughs> I would be too, man. Like, I, I, you know, out of everything, I, I'm totally like for writing a cool mission and all that shit. Like, I, I love like putting a mission together that has like really specific, you know, you need to do this. And if you do, like, I, I like my mission that I made for, uh, for Alamo GT with the exploding, uh, tankers and all that stuff. Like, I love writing that mission. Like, I, I love thinking about that. But I couldn't imagine, like, I, I'm really like blessed that pretty likes to write that shit out. Cause I fucking, I could not imagine like doing this for, you know, 20 fucking for missions. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, it, it's good that we, you know, we throw stuff around or whatever, but yeah, like that's, that's that busy work. That's a, that's a, that's a pain. Yeah. Well, I like for my, uh, well, you I sent like I said, I sent you my mission packet. So I wrote, different ones but a lot of them are just like the forge world missions or games workshop missions just reworked slightly yeah. i did write some custom ones like my supply there's one about like a supply convoy and there's one about like a political convoy like you the presidential limo with the suvs around it trying to protect it or destroy it fuck yeah motorcade motorcade yeah, a motorcade yeah so I, that's all in my uh, mission packet i sent you so there are a couple missions like that 
We but steal. Mo- most you can. That's why I sent it to you guys. I sent it to Pretty and uh, Michael to get ideas. Right on. It's the greatest form of flattery, right there. You know. I would say I would say we should use that limo one for the uh, for the Zena, but like the, I'll give everybody listening a little sneak peek. There is a like the actual. I guess I don't I don't know what head Magos or whatever the head fucking honcho on Zena would not be caught dead in a little baby ass limo. We have a whole no. fucking table dedicated to what he rides in. If that if that helps out. We have a we have a whole table that's getting made by Mike Gupton over at Goldmine Games dedicated to what that Magos is gonna be riding in. It's fucking nuts, cool. dude. It's and honestly, like it's it's so much that when we were talking about it, like, like, uh, like I was part of the chat, and I was like, "Well, just you know, do what works and all this stuff." But like, Mike kept inviting, like he kept on inviting, like, "Well, you know, how big do you want it? Does it need to be really big? Does it need to be like grandiose?" And like, pretty is just like gung ho, doesn't give a fuck. Like, yes, it, it needs to be huge, and I'm I'm imagining this and this and this, and I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, like this guy, like he don't push him too far like he's like he's helping us out <laughs> and then mike's like okay cool i think i got what y'all want and i'm like holy fuck this is gonna be insane so that's gonna be really exciting as we get can't closer i can't you know yeah there's little that i can divulge but uh i think we gotta lose zach i think zach's gotta go bounce out yeah my uh my wife just informed me that there's some kind of clogged drain upstairs that i need to go handle so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you got my uh <laughs> yeah. my symbol is that the international symbol for so i have to look i have to leave <laughs> uh, you you, right, you, you waved your hands and i was like oh shit he's got to go unclog something yeah. <laughs> you do. we're in sync man i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad we're at that level man i didn't i wasn't sure if we were there yet but this pleases me so uh i'm sorry i gotta bounce out early man uh, it's been good talk with y'all man all right see you uh, zach okay. Later, yeah, later, Ryan. Take care, guys. Suck it, FRB. Yeah. So anyway, so but yeah, I'm I'm totally looking forward to that table. I, I and that's just like one table. We all have all of our tables that we're supposed to be working on. That's all that stuff. So uh, mine's taken to the wayside strictly because of the, you know, the display board for an event that I haven't even signed up for yet. That's not I'm about tickets for. <laughs> I'm probably I'm probably not gonna be uh I'm probably gonna get sold out before I get to buy my ticket and all that shit. I seen on a the Facebook page that they just put out on the Adepticon Facebook page that there was like fourteen heresy events submitted. Yeah, fifteen. 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 Yeah. So is that like by different people or is that just by them? I have no idea. Like I honestly I I was having a discussion on the uh, the uh, TFL originals whatever, and it was like we were trying to like figure it out like you know you got team tournament you got tournament you have narrative you have the Kalth Bash you have the Night Joust which is five, then Zomortalis Zomortalis Victory's Vengeance Tactical Strike that's eight, and yep. then like that's really pushing. I don't know what else there could possibly be. The only thing I can guess at is that I I I bet that the frontline gaming guys have put forward their own events and they may like be the same events and they're like basically 
everybody submitted them and the Adepticon team is going to have, like the actual Adepticon people are going to have to decide who gets to do what. But you saw that um, uh, Finn Cairo was the one who posted that though. Like I thought Finn and like Mark Rayleigh and all that, I thought that they ran their own events. Like I thought that was their events that they got to run. I don't, I couldn't imagine that frontline that Adepticon says like, Hey, well, the way I understand it is that, I don't know how it works. I just know how Gen Con works. So like the way Gen Con works is anyone could submit an event. So you could put forward a 40K tournament and I could put forward a 40K tournament. And if Gen Con could approve one and not the other, or Gen Con could approve both, or they could say, well, these are so similar. This guy sounds like he's going to do a better job. So we're going to let him do it. And the yes. other guys don't. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know if Adepticon is the same way. Like, I understand what you're saying about Finn Cairo and those guys, but I don't know if they get to do it just because they were the only, they were the first and only ones to submit, hey, we want to run this 30K stuff. And Adepticon said, well, we'll give you the space to do it type of thing. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it makes total sense. So I don't know if all those events are ones that they're doing or if all those events are like some of them are outside of their sphere of influence and it's just people wanting to jump on the bandwagon and run their own event. And they're, some some may get approved and some may not. I don't know. We'll have to find out. Next I, don't, I don't like the sound of that many separate events because you're, I don't know how you're going to fit all that in. In four days, there's going to be a lot of shit you're going to miss out on. Yeah, I think as long as there's, like, I think as long as there's a narrative, I'll jump in. I'll jump in on the narrative. I'll jump in on a team tournament. Those are two things I'm guaranteed that I'm going to jump in on. I'm just afraid that, like, if you get it too split up, you're going to have so many people doing so many different things, you're not going to get to play with everybody or hang out or meet everybody. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I won't. Uh, like last year. You know, I dropped off the Zone Mortalis and the Tactical Strike yeah. at the end. I will definitely not do every day. Uh, I'll sign up for an everyday thing and then drop it off later on if I need to, and that way people on the wait list can jump on. But, yeah, I will definitely not do a full fucking track. Just because I'm, I'm getting old, man. You know, I can't be doing that whole... Yeah, I'm curious to see what comes out of it. I don't know. So yeah, that's that's what that's my hobby progress. I think we got all that squared away. Got did you get any games in? Have you played any games? They've just been working. Just Michigan shit. GT stuff. Cause that was last weekend. I haven't got a chance to play since last weekend. Oh yeah, that's right. So today's game night. So Are you excited? Are you gonna be sleepy? Well I will be sleepy. I've actually got somebody coming over here right at three to run it for me while I go upstairs and take a nap for a couple hours. Take a nappy nap. I've got yeah. to go cook like 3,200 pounds worth of brisket tonight. So that sounds fucking delicious. Yeah. I could eat some brisket. It's on my diet too. I could eat as much as I wanted. I trimmed 35 briskets yesterday. And that was just me. There was like 11 people trimming brisket yesterday. Nice. It was why? Nice. What, for what? How many? What kind of event do you got? It's like a, a, a church like barbecue thing. And I mm -hmm. volunteered to help. And they were like, hey, bring your knife. And I go in there. And I, this is like totally off at 30K, but we're going to, we're going to roll with this rabbit hole. Dude, I walked in, like I trim briskets all the time. Like, you know, that's, I'm Texan, do barbecue. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, sure. So I roll up 
and uh, I have my own knife. Like it's sharp as shit. Like it's like, it's got a little scabbard and everything like that. Like you know, I walk in just like, hey guys, I heard y'all need help. You know, bring my knife. I brought everything I need. Uh, well, so I'm trimming briskets, and I see this old man, and he's using like what I can only like describe as like a scimitar, like old like fucking long ass knife to trim this brisket with like a like a and so i was like making fun of him in my head like what's this fucking dude doing with this he-man sword trimming this fucking brisket like there's like what is he trying to do he's like the the character for silent live the samurai sandwich shop guy that belushi did (laughs) yeah except he wasn't (laughs) good at it like it wasn't like it was (laughs) like he's like chopping like these fucking like he's trimming the fat and like he's like cutting into the meat and like chunks of meat are coming off in this fat and i was like what the fuck is like this dude doing and so i was like whatever you know i'm trimming my own brisket I'll, i'm gonna do my own thing and so i'm trimming my shit up trim my shit up i brought my own knife my own sharpener everything dude i'm doing good like i got my headphones in i'm like not paying attention to anybody well they say like hey man uh let's go on break uh there's pizza like we brought pizza for you guys and i was like all right let me go grab some pizza you know I'm still in my work clothes, dude. I'm like, I'm, I didn't eat. Like, I went straight from work to go trimming briskets, and, like, I'm hungry. So I go eat, I go get my pizza, and I talk to some guys, and I come back, and my knife's gone, and that old man that was using the samurai sword is, like, cutting with my knife, like, at his station. I was like, this old man straight fucking jacked me. And it's, like, a church thing, so, like, I can't, like, it's like, hey, fucker, like, get off my knife and i could tell this old man like he's like straight up like you know just he's got time in like he's old and I, like i yeah. can tell that like, he's doing a lot better on his trimming because he's not using this you know sword sword and i'm just like <laughs> fuck dude like i can't like i'm such a nice guy i can't just like, you should have you should have left and went and got some head trimmers or something just take it next <laughs> level just to be silly like oh i see you're gonna use a sword Chainsaw. There's a chainsaw. Chainsaw. Head trimmers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. So fuck, dude. So like, I was like, okay, well, let me use this old man's sword, even though he took <laughs> the knife that I brought. <laughs> and so, dude, I sharpened that thing to like, like razor's edge. Like what I would imagine, you know, like exacto blade, like level. And dude, I just like went to town on those briskets with that samurai sword. And then at the end of the day, like I was like, we're washing all the utensils and stuff. And I was like, Hey, can I have my knife back? He goes, Oh, this is your knife. He's like, I thought this was the knife that everybody got. Like everybody brought. I was like, no, like he thought, he thought it was like part of like the area we were at. I was like, right. no, I was like, you see how it, it's the same color as the scabbard on my belt. And it fits perfectly in my fucking scabbard. Like, there's, <laughs> like I don't fuck around. And I, I fucked up by not putting, I didn't want to look like a douche. Whenever I went to go eat pizza, having this like knife in my belt, like that's what I thought. Like that is exactly. I was like, like dad, don't put your knife in your thing. You'll look like a douche. Just leave it on the table. Don't be that guy. And you know what? That's an anti theft device right there. Is what that is. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how we got into that, but but yeah, that's what I got to do. Trimming briskets. Trimming briskets. When you're gonna have a sweet ass game night. Trimming briskets with an old man's sword. That sounds like code for something that's not <laughs> what it is. <laughs> that sounds like a, a mission, an Adepticon mission. So anyway, what do we got on the plate tonight, man? We're on. Got questions. We got questions. questions. We got questions that need answers, man. 
let's knock some of these guys out. And guys, I'm, I'm pretty sure we, we always say it at the end of the cast and we always, you know, whatever. But if y'all have questions, we love answering them. I, I love just like shooting shit on questions. If y'all have any questions that y'all want to ask us, just, just send them in to Michael at Warhammer30k.com or Ryan at Warhammer30k.com and we'll gladly answer them. I love answering questions. Also, if you have lists that you want to send in, just send them in. We'll go over them. But uh, you want to go over Steven's question first? I think is that what we have lined Stephen. up? Stefan. Stefan. Oh. He even corrected us. See, now we fucked up already. We're just going to anger him. Why is it spelled different? Whatever. He, he even wrote at the end. Where does it say? And yes, it's pronounced Stefan. Although I'll be yeah. Sneaky Steve if that's easier. All right, yeah. So yeah. Sneaky Steve. <laughs> okay. So Sneaky Steve wrote in. And so let me go ahead and read this off to you guys. He says, first, public shaming for sending Ryan a 40K list acknowledged and accepted after Ryan's ranty is 40K. I just count myself lucky that he didn't piss on my picture. <laughs> eh. I mean, you weren't you weren't power gaming, so you're not going to get your, pissed, your, your picture pissed on, but, you know. It wasn't no big deal. I mean, I still helped him out. I just wasn't going to read a 40K list on a 30K podcast. <laughs> it just wouldn't have made sense. No. So he says... Next, I've been slowly working on some Thousand Suns troops in a prep for the Inter- Inferno to come out. My goal is to get what I've got on hand finished by the end of October so the decks are cleaned for the new box set and a big order from Forge World based on what we discover in Inferno. What I've got on hand right now, 30 infantry from Betrayal Kalth, two Contemptors with two power weapons. Power weapons? I'm guessing power fist. Yeah. Two conversion beamers and two last cannons magnetized so I can swap them out as needed. The contemptors are easy since all the weapons are magnetized. The infantry are what I'm having more. Okay. Excuse me. I'm what I'm having trouble deciding on. And I was hoping to get the perspective on what you guys would be a safe bet. Numbskull that I am. I started by painting three of the guys as sergeants with power sword and bolt pistol. So I'm somewhat locked into these units, though I could easily get extra guys to correct the air if needed. I've also got enough Egyptian shields from Crocodile Games to make a 15-man breacher squad if needed. Otherwise, all weapons and kits are what come in the Betrayal Calf box. Uh, given that the fluff is very consistent in saying that there's never many thousand sons compared to the other legions, I assume the final army list won't be heavy on marine infantry. If these were more ultramarines, I'd just go all tax squads and figure out the rest and the book comes out. But these aren't ultramarines. What would you recommend? Go with a 15-man preacher squad, a 10-man tax squad, and a 5-man support squad, or something entirely different? Uh, I've got plenty of magnets that could easily magnetize the shields. I've also got some tiny magnets that I could outfit a couple guys with to allow for special weapons options versus bolt guns if I want a dual purpose of the breachers as tags. Speaking of special weapons, it's if you had to pick one special weapon type as your go-to regardless of legion or opponent, what would it be? Uh, so let's first start out with the what units do we feel like are going to be necessary well i would do because he's already got you need to do two 10-man tactical squads like you just have to bare minimum and he actually sent us pictures and it's like he he has those two squads ready just they're armless right and then what i would do is because the betrayal cow box comes with the little combat blades that go on their backpack i would put them on there so that if you want to at a later date you could like say they have something else you can take as troops or whatever you could at a minimum use those guys as normal tacticals or use them as veteran tacticals with marksmen which is bolters or whatever for sure okay i definitely 
I don't see because looking at his like the army like the the pictures he sent and what well uh, I guess I should ask Stefan if it's okay to post them. I would imagine it's okay for us to post the pictures. I think he said it's okay for us to post the pictures. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up. Anyway, we'll get, we'll make sure before we show you guys these stuff. But uh, it looking at the shoulder pads he got were those Forge World shoulder pads or those? Game I think shoulder? so. Yeah, they're okay. Forge World. Well, the Golden Scarab. Those were the Forge World ones? Yeah. Okay. So the Golden Scarab, like that whole, um, like that was a mark of like Airmen's boys, right? Like Airmen's. I don't, I'm not sure. I think it's just like they're veterans or whatever. Cause if you, I think the Thousand Sons have two kits. They have like a normal kit and then they have like a veteran kit from Forge World. Okay. So I think the Scarabs come with the veteran guys. I could be wrong because I'm not a Thousand Sons guy. I've not paid that close of attention. Well, but I, I seem was... to rem- I seem to remember they were releasing like kind of like Ultramarines where there's two. I mean, we could look it up on the website if you wanted to. Well, in uh, I... in not Prospero Burns in Thousand Sons, whenever they're talking about they actually talk in like it's really early on in the book. They talk about the shoulder pads, and they say that like you know he had the mark of the scarab, which is like Araman's like chosen. Like airmen's scarab, like little scarab a cold or whatever scarab they're called. A cult. Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of wondering if like that's the way he was gonna go with that, or I don't know. But I don't know. But two, I I would definitely you got to do two just ten man squads of all bolt guns. You're not gonna go wrong with that. And then what I would do is magnetize two guys from each squad their arms to accept special weapons. So that if you do use them as t- veteran tacticals, you can swap two of the bolter guys out for meltas or flamers or whatever you want to add. Yeah, definitely flamers if you're going to do that. Mm, but then of course you could do machine killers instead of sniper. Right. So if you wanted to do for the third squad, I would either do, like you said, just do like a. You could do a like five man because he's got thirty guys from Betrayal Calfbox. You could do like five guys with plasmas, and then do like another five guys with like Volkites or something, just to have like two small squads, or you know whatever. And then you could also because they're kind of built the same. You could do like what we talked about, like Meltas and Flamers. Do five Meltas, five Flamers, and then if you ever wanted to run those other squads as veteran tacticals, just swap whole models out. Yeah. If you didn't want to use the, you know, use everything at the same time. So you can do that, but you're definitely going to need the two 10 man bolter squads. Um, and if you're going to build those guys, like he said, he, if he wants to magnetize the shields, he can, I mean, he already has, the, if he didn't already own the shields, I would just tell him to forget about breacher squads. Like there to me, that doesn't seem that fluffy for thousand sons like at all it's like way too much of a blunt instrument for something they would do yeah it just doesn't seem it's almost like raven guard breachers or something like it doesn't fit i don't think not that it wouldn't look cool and they probably did have them but it's not something that i would i feel like they would need breachers they just like manipulate people's mind to like just slip by them like or build a force field like have psychic force fields instead of like an actual fucking metal shield god that's such a way cooler answer than what i just said (laughs) you're absolutely right like immediately i regret saying that stupid (laughs) invisible idea (laughs) but um yeah i mean i just don't like thousand sons breachers don't like that doesn't 
You know what I mean? It's not. I mean, if he wants to do them, I'm not like shitting on his idea or whatever. But it's just not. It definitely wouldn't be my go-to choice. It just seems very like a blunt. It seems like Thousand Sons would make fun of breachers. Let's just be honest. Like they would be like, "What? How, how primitive? You guys, yeah, you guys hold metal shields and fucking go through doorways. Like that seems dumb." I like, feel like they would, they would like manipulate the sand to be like, "Look at me, I have a shield." And like whoosh, they like force one up, like create one out of dirt real quick with their mind. Like, "Look at me, I have a shield." Then it like collapse back down. It's like so silly, so primitive. <laughs> the shields. Yeah, because if you read the book, they're very. I don't know, like, kind of into themselves. Like, to be if you're being mean about it, you could say they're up their own ass, but they just, like, feel they're confident. They're confident in their own superiority. We'll say that. No, that, that's 100%. Just, you know, just from Thousand Sun. You get that from Thousand Sun just from basic-ass dudes. Right. So you could, like, if you're going to do the breachers, I would definitely dual-purpose them. I wouldn't just build guys as breachers. And, I mean, this is just all talking from a fluff perspective. Even from a rules perspective, I don't think breachers are that good except in Zone Mortalis. Yeah. Like, I don't like I don't like them on the open table. In Zone Mortalis, with the actual Zone Mortalis right of war, where if they're all, like, touching bases or whatever, they increase their involve save and the other benefits you get, plus just the benefits and the way Zone Mortalis is played, they're actually worth it but I don't believe on an open battlefield they're worth it. So I feel like they're almost one of those things you only ever really want to take in Zone Mortalis for the most part. Unless you're running like a Imperial Fist army or, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely fluffy for some armies. Like, I I mean, I don't, like, it's not like one of those things that's like, oh, you have breachers in your army? Well, you're going to lose every game. Like, it's not like that. I just don't think that they're a top. Yeah. Not on, not on an open battlefield. Dude, so just in that same, like, just sidebar real quick. I was going to make a website. Like, basically, I was going to make a Radio Free Savannah website. And you know what? I should probably buy that URL before I post this so somebody else doesn't sit on it. Yeah, I'll do that. Just text me as soon as we're done with the recording so I can buy that real quick. So the person listening to this doesn't be like, oh, fuck those guys. Got it. So anyway, I was going to make a website. And then I was going to post, like, every unit in the game or in age of darkness book. And then you can like, I'm going to give you like five different options where you can upvote. If you use it, you can downvote if you don't use it. And then you can like upvote, like, do you think this is a powerful unit or do you think this is a shitty unit? And then like, I want to just get like a poll of like thousands of people to just like go in and just like click, like just click one time. It's like, yes, I use this. No, I don't use this. I don't want to see like maybe, we can get like some analytics of like what the most used units in the game are. And like if like certain things are viewed as overpowered or like, do they think that the right points cost and all this stuff? And like, I think, I think I'm gonna do that. Be cool. Be cool for a podcast. So anyway, so I just had to get that out there. Now that I've said it, I have to do it. <laughs> you know? So, but yeah, breacher squads are not in the, like, if I had to check on a little box, do you use breachers? No. Do you plan on buying breachers? No. Would you use breachers in a normal game? No. Uh, do you think breachers are overpowered? No. I, I, yeah. Do you think... Well, I mean, you got to look at the legions we play, too. I mean, like, they're not... They're not like a... Like, you play Raven Guard and Blood Angels are not... And your Blood Angel list doesn't hardly has any infantry anyway. Right. And then I play Blood Angels, Word Bearers, 
and salamanders, which I guess they sort of fit with salamanders, you know, more than the other ones. But I st- and I own some. I own twenty. I have two two full ten man squads, or, or I can put it together as one big squad. But they're they're just airbrushed. They're not painted, and I've never really been compelled. It's not like I sit around like writing lists lamenting that they're not painted. Right. So I don't know. They're they're just one of those units. Like I'm not. I don't know. They're they're probably not that bad. I see other people use them. Um, I've played against them. They're they're just you know it's one of those things. I just there's really no like super flashy unit as a troops choice though. You know what I mean? So a lot of time, I feel like I like if I have to run tactical marines, I just take tactical marines. I feel like they're better for their points for sure. Our game club has taken to call them tactical marines. Tactical, yeah, because that's exactly what they are. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I got my two two tin man squads of tactical marines, and to get and, to your own stuff. and people try and like get around them too. Like, <laughs> well, that's why when the game first came out, that Pride of the Legion was like far and away the most popular right of war because it was like, oh, I don't have to run tactical marines. Cool, I can just run terminators and vets and then take what I want. We'll do that. <laughs> Fuck yes. Exactly. So, so yeah. Uh, so getting back to this guy's question, um, I would I would do the two ten man bolter guys. Maybe magnetize the weapons for a couple special weapons, and then with the other ten guys, I think I would. I personally, if it was up to me, I think I would build a guy a squad with a bunch of combi melters in it, so that I could always run machine killers if I wanted to. I just feel like that's a really good unit. I feel like uh, a good a good bet would be a unit of uh, a tactical support squad with plasma. Yeah, uh, that'd be another one you could do. The only reason I say that is because you know that they're going to be getting psychers. Yeah, it's just going to happen. So I don't know if they're going to do like maybe some weird rule where like there's a certain psyker or in the every unit or something like that, but some plasma. Well, yeah, re-rolls. you could do plasma and then. Prescient. Just take div- take yeah divination. Who, which Primaris is that? And that's also the Corvidae, the guys that uh, are like I don't if he's doing the armament thing. If that if the fluff does match up with what you said about those are armaments guys, the Scarab Occult guys. Which I'm not. I don't. I'm not up to date on my Thousand Suns fluff. I don't. Ten four. Yeah, you me know, either. Yeah. But um, but if he is like going that direction, it would make sense that they have divination because that's like their sphere of influence. Yeah. The Corvidae. So, I, honestly, and that works obviously, like you said, really well with plasma. Yeah. So plasma seems like the good bet. Like he was, that was one of the questions. Was from a from a competitive standpoint, if you're actually building a tactical support squad, um, I feel like plasma and melta are kind of like now those slots have been taking over by vets. Like we've talked about this before, like veterans do those two weapons better. Um, I think if you wanted to go Volkite, like I think the best tactical support squad now is Volkite just because it's the one Volkite and flamers are kind of the Volkite more than flamers, but both of those are something that a tactical support or a, a veteran squad didn't like totally overshadow a tactical support squad. Yeah, I could, I could see why you'd feel that way. The only thing about veterans is the 
combi weapon like one time use thing. That's the only thing. Right. Kind of. But like, follow, follow me here. When have you ever taken a tactical support squad with like five melted guys or whatever and put them in a drop pod and dropped them in and you blow whatever up or shoot them? How many times have you had those guys get to shoot a second time before your opponents killed them or assaulted them? Uh, most of the time, like I like basically really? what, I, uh, what I do is like if I'm gonna do like a tactical support squad, it's gonna be a like uh, they're gonna be supported by like a rhino, and so I usually drop them in behind another squad if I'm running them. Uh, like that game I played with uh, with with Paul, or no, not Paul. Oh man, what was that guy's name? One of the goalers guys, he ran uh, his his blood angels against me, and he took them in a rhino and like basically he had them hidden behind another squad, and was just like you just full range fucking plasmaing me and I was like fuck dude like like he was basically mine, doing mine always die I don't think mine have ever shot a second time mine come in shoot and then die yeah he was every game he was using the uh, the metal box cock block the entire time. And they're yep. so good. They're so good when you use your your rhino as a fucking little bunker shield. And so I guess mine have always been in drop pods. Yeah, and they they always come in and shoot something, and then they immediately die. Yeah. No, I mean I I completely understand. And then on top of that, and then if they do get charged, nah, I don't know. Flamers are better at that point if they get charged. That, yeah, that's why. That's the only reason I actually like the ta- well for one the tactical. Sp- support squad with just 10 flamers is super cheap so it's that they actually become cheaper than vets and then they become something where they're not super high on the threat thing so your opponent may ignore them a little bit and then you can get out and flame something and then if they do get assaulted they get to wall of death yeah so you're guaranteed two turns of uh of flame right and then uh, the volkite guys they just like the the Volkite guys are cool because they shoot a bunch. Like, you're not going to buy a bunch of combi weapons for a veteran squad to put Volkite on them. Yeah. It's not. And, and none of the veteran tactics, I guess Sniper works pretty well with it a little bit, but not really that much better than it would with Bolters. Not as so, good as Flamers, definitely. Yeah, and you're just, like you said, if, if you're going to do that, go that route with Marksman Vets with all combi weapons, you're going to go all Flamers to make them like uh, more Dathan Flamer guys. Yeah. So, I mean, from a competitive standpoint, if you're going to build a special weapon squad, I feel like the only one that you're you can't just do better with vets is kind of Volkite chargers or Volkite calibers because Volkite calibers are like the one unique thing that the tactical support guys get that you can't duplicate at all with vets, where every guy in the squad has a 30 inch heavy weapon. Or you could go balls out and like just assume that you're going to get some badass psyker and run a librarian with a rotor cannon a rotor cannon or whatever <laughs> well you if you had a bunch of divination you can hit um i think it's misfortune it's That's a malediction yeah where it, you choose an enemy unit and every every attack against that unit becomes rending and then just shoot him with a bunch of rotor cannons that's exactly what i was just thinking that's a lot of setup, but that would be... But, I mean, you, let's be real here. You could do the same thing with Volkite. Yeah, just a little... Uh, real quick, now that I think about it, if you have that Malediction... Like, okay, this is stupid. This is stupid that I'm even asking this. But if you do the Malediction, 
then you like the rending hits could the second group become rending the deflagrate thing yeah i'm not sure i'd have to read the wording the way it works is um every every attack that targets that unit um gains the rending special rule right so i don't know if that counts as an attack i would imagine it would that the the extra deflagrate hits would count as rending because it's literally everything. It's shooting and close combat and everything. That'd be nuts. To like get hit by a second wave of like rending hits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking, I mean, it only triggers on a six and then, you know, guys die and then you'd need more sixes. So it's not, I mean, like you said, it's good. It's not. I feel like, I feel like when the, uh, when the thousand suns drop, we're going to get, um, not only are the Thousand Suns going to basically get, like, a shitload of Psyker stuff, I feel like they're also going to release, like, new Centurions and stuff like that for, like, anti-Psyker shit. I hope so. I just, I wanted to take the heat off my word bearers. Kind of <laughs> tired of getting shit about Psychic stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Like, I have six psychic dice in my army, but people still don't like it, so I don't really know what to do. Like, what word bearers get, like, all their special characters are psychers. Their Primarch's a psyker. They have two pieces of special Legion war gear, one of which is to give psychic level to your guys. So, I mean, that's obviously the way they're intended to be played. Right. But everybody gets kind of mad when you use it. So I'm like, I, I don't know what you want me to do. Do you want me to just paint my guys maroon? And then just play like I have maroon marines that roll three dice for leadership checks, and that's what you want me to do. Like if I want to use any of my legion specific shit, it feels like people get butthurt about it. We'll just wait till that thousand suns will completely take the heat off. I think thousand suns are going to be so psychically inclined, and they're going to give them so much psychic stuff that they're going to be like, oh, "Okay, we fucked up. We got to introduce something." And they're going to release like a sister of silent model, and they're going to be like, "It's going to be so overpowered, so busted." <laughs> That they're gonna be like people are gonna drop this sisters of silence I, like a drop. To pile. be honest, I just feel like Forge World needs to write their own psychic powers and just tone down psychic powers. Okay. Both psychic powers are fine, but like shit like invisibility is just what are you thinking? Like <laughs> who wrote that? And the fact that it was in sixth edition, that was the I, I we've talked about this before. When when seventh edition came out, the very first thing that I did when I got that rule book was flipped to invisibility to see if it changed. Uh, and, and it didn't. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You were let down so much. It was so, like, I don't know. But anyway, like, there's just stuff like that that's just so bad. You know what I mean? It's just, it's too... And I don't... I think the summoning can really get out of control. Like, if you use your summoning to summon more guys that are psychers, and then up your pool even more and then use those new guys that are summoned to summon more stuff. Like it can get out of control if you're not mindful of it. Yeah, for sure. And especially starting with dice. Like I said, my army had six psychic dice in it to start with. So to do a basic summoning spell, you essentially have to throw seven dice at it to have like a little bit better than 50% chance because it's a warp charge three. 
So I can maybe do one unit a turn, and as long as I'm not summoning stuff that also is psychers, I don't feel like that's that bad. Um, but if you play against 40k demons, they have like 20 plus. You know, like Zinch, you can have 30 plus dice is what you start with before you even roll your d6. So, you know, if they par start doing that with uh, Thousand Sons where every unit's a psyker and this and that, if people think my six word bearer dice are bad, you know, if they, I mean, it can get really out of control really fast. So, I don't know. It'll be curious to see how they implement it. I'm, I'm, I'm curious too. But I, I, I think Forge World needs to just do their own psychic rules. Yeah. So. Stefan, you can kind of see like how much speculation there is for Thousand Sons just by like us talking about it. That's like without knowing any like real right. hardcore fluff on them besides like you know what we see in Thousand Sons and Prospero Burns. So like you know, that's not even going to rubrics or anything like that. So th there's a lot of things that we don't know. But I think you're safe with two men, two ten man tactical squads. I think you're safe with that you can use as veterans or that, tacticals. Either that way, you can use as vets. I mean, and then the other 10 guys, I've just built some special weapon guys build like either make them all plasma guys or do like half plasma, half melta or whatever. Definitely do plasma guys. And then the other ones do what you want. And then if you really feel compelled, you can magnetize some of those Volter guys for breachers. Yeah, you should be good. That that's should the, cover all your races. That's the only thing that like I would say would not be the best investment. If you hadn't already bought the Breacher stuff, I would say, like, just don't even worry about buying Breacher stuff. But since you already have it, you can make a Breacher squad, but it's not going to do the best. So just save your guys. Well, not like not only is it not competitive, it's not fluffy. It'll look neat because you got that sweet-ass red paint scheme. But uh, yeah. I just can't imagine it being too fluffy or too good. Unless you painted them like dirt. And it looked like they psychically manifested the shields out of dirt. <laughs> but then they'd use force fields. Why are you obsessed with dirt shields? Because remember they're playing with dirt, like they're like he's like at the beginning of Thousand Suns, they're like making lines and shit in the dirt. Like just with their minds, they're like, meh. And they're like, Don't show your powers in front of the normies. In front of <laughs> the, the plebs. peoples. The plebs. <laughs> they're like, oh sorry. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. So anyway, so that's that, Stefan, man. Hopefully that helps out. Hopefully you get some insight on that. Just get ready, man. Buy yourself some special Thousand Sun like, dice you can use for the, for the psychic phase because you're going to need them. That's for sure. So anyway, so I guess we'll go into this little Centurion talk here. Let me go and see. Let me get this guy's name. I I have I have it like copied and pasted like what he asked in front of me but i didn't write his name down so i feel like a dick now but i did go over the moritat with him so did you tell him to take a blood angel one with inferno pistols yeah that's what i told him uh honey badger elite is his name okay and, uh no he was actually asking about like in the original post he was asking like what the uh if it was good or not you know to take it not Inferno. Is Inferno Pistol the Melting Gun one? No. That's, yep. the, yeah. that's the Blood Angel one. Yeah. 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 So he was asking about that, and we had a discussion on it. And the very limitations of taking Inferno Pistol 
Like it's good is for the range. It's yeah. very short range. It's where it fucks you. You gotta be really. Well, brave. it's good if you can like say they had like a Primark in their Death Star, and you can like drive the guy up in a Rhino or a Land Raider or whatever, and just jump him out one inch away, and just like shoot twelve melt shots into their Death Star, like somebody playing Just Aaron or something like that, where every four up save they failed or losing a whole model. That would make them cry. Yeah. Yeah. It, like the only way I could think of that working is to deep strike a destroyer squad in using their jump packs and then basically like using the, the wounds that they're going to be unloading it, like using the destroyers as extra wounds, like basically like 40, 50 point wounds and right. then leaping out the, the more attack, like super melts a unit of, uh, of like just staring with Horus in there and stuff like that, but you know he'd be funny in Zone Mortalis with the jump pack. He'd be zipping nasty. around the hallways. And yeah, be pretty nasty with those Inferno pistols. But it's only six inch range, so it's like you got a lot of time to weigh your options out. It's not like he's going through walls or anything. Yeah, like Matarian. But but yeah. So anyway, so he says this is from Honey Badger Elite. He says, "Hey Mike." You may or may not remember me from when I sent you guys my Blood Angels list a few weeks back. I just want to say thanks for the input, and while I haven't gone with the specifics of the list you made, I've altered them quite a bit, uh, focusing on Assault Squads and Dreadnoughts because I love them more and more as I looked into them, especially since I painted up my first Contemptors. Fuck yeah. Anyhow, the reason I'm messaging you is to call your call you put out on your most recent podcast episode asking for questions and discussion topics. Oh, Okay. Uh, here it goes. First off, I'd like to challenge Ryan to playing some friendly 40k. Epic rant, by the way. Single CAD friendly games are still great fun, so as long as no one is spamming Elder Jet bikes. Plus, any excuse to play with our fancy toy is a good excuse. Uh, do you even have a 40k army, Ryan? I have orcs. I love my orcs. Okay, so she's and I actually, I actually have an Eldar army, which is what's funny, and it's a Sam Hain army. So like. I played jet bikes before jet bikes were cool, but all mine are modeled with like troop and catapults and shit. Like I don't have all the, you know, heavy the scat, scat bikes. I've not played the new codex when I bought the new codex, read it once. I think I sent you a picture of it. I took paper and changed the title of it to codex rape train with no brakes. And it's still on my bookshelf and it still says codex rape train with no brakes on it. And I've never used it a single time. It's actually what made me quit 40 K was that codex. I was all excited because it was my army. You know, I've been playing Eldar, and I was excited for the, them to get a new codex. And then that came out, and I was like, really? And that was it. Gay. So, yeah, he's, he's challenging you out. So I'll send him your address and your social and all that shit. And I'll play. I'll, I'll, I'll get your... I don't know where he lives. If he lives close, he's free to drive here. We can play. I don't care. Yeah. I got orcs. I'll play him with orcs. The only... So, like, I don't... I'm. I won't play Eldar. I just won't use that new book. I'm just, I'm not going to. So I have that. And then obviously all my 30 K stuff, a lot of it crosses over so I could do that. But my one like 40 K specific army that I still have is orcs. Gotcha. Well, I'll get him your information. We'll figure some, we'll set up a date between you two and you can play him a friendly 40 K game where he can go over there on one of y'all's y'all's days. Uh, but yeah, he says now to the meat, of why I'm writing you. I'd like to discuss Centurions, mostly because I so rarely see some of them mentioned. Mike, you actually commented about my post about Suicide Mortat recently, so I'd like to talk more about that Mortat 
and how when he should be used, which we already talked about it. And I went pretty in depth on like when he's good. The Inferno pistol more that. Yeah. Um, uh, he says, I'm also curious about your thoughts of the Legion champion. Specifically, what the hell is the point? His special rules are crap, and he doesn't get any crazy war gear options, and it's a 35-point upgrade. So you just want to like take a minute and talk about the champion? Yeah, he, he's just way... Like, I don't get it either. Like like he said, for one, there's all, so many rights of war that say you can only take one console and all this stuff, so you're not going to waste it, and you only have three HQ slots anyway. I just don't see you wasting it on a guy that's just plus one weapon skill and has a better chance of glorious glorious intervention, which I've as many games as I played as many events as I went to and as many games as I've seen, I've never seen anyone use that rule even a single time. Yeah. So it's like, I don't really understand it. Um, like him, like 35 points for plus one weapon skills, pretty lame. Like, they could have made it to where maybe he was the only console that got access to a Paragon Blade or something. And for 35 points, he should probably come with like a combat shield and then like a free power weapon. Kind of like a chaplain is only 35 points, causes fear, gives you fearless because a zealot or gives you zealot, causes fear. And comes with a free power weapon for 35 points, but the Legion Champion just gives you plus one weapon skill. Like, okay. No, yeah, I get it. I agree. Uh, it just, it's just, I don't know. Like you said, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. They should definitely do something to make him better. Maybe, maybe, like I said, maybe give him access to a Paragon Blade. Well, at a minimum, he should have a free power weapon. Like a free, a free Mastercrafted power weapon. Yeah. Something, something that AP3 instead of just his fists. We'll just let you choose it. I mean, just do be, he should have like a free mastercrafted power weapon and a combat shield. That's about 35 points. So essentially you're paying 35 points. So you're basically getting all those upgrades for free and then just getting plus one weapon skill for wasting an HQ slot <laughs> on him. That would be fair. So the Legion champions, not the game breaker you're looking for, honey badger. I'm sorry to tell you. Yeah, it's not. There's no, yeah. So, so we'll just go ahead and move past that. I don't think any, I don't, I don't know anybody that's ever played a Legion champion. Well, just, I mean, even if you wanted to like model one or make one, you would just use him as a base centurion and not spend 35 points on useless shit. Yeah. I mean, you could take a base centurion and like I said, give him an invulnerable save and a power weapon for 25 points so at 75 points he's already better than a legion champion which is 85 and then you don't even have war gear for him i'm gonna try and think of a a combo to use at legion champion but it's gonna take me a while because i gotta really think about what he can do but what i mean what are you gonna call anything you could do with him you could just do it with i'm, I'm any really other console really thinking about the glorious intervention and where weapon skill six would come in handy, but I, I really I, at this time I can't think of anything that a weapon skill five centurion. Could, I don't know. I really don't. I, I don't like. You'd have to like. It would be such a ridiculously timed combo that would require a lot of setup and way too many points for it to like ever make back what it does. 
it'd be like, ah, I gotcha. Glory's intervention. You're, now you're fighting my champion. Um, he's weapon skill six. And I don't know. I can't think of anything right now. Yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway, so. Next is the Primus Medicaid, which is an apothecary with a needle pistol and a special rule that seems very circumstantial at best, giving you one-third of a chance to gain victory points, but only under pretty specific circumstances, and he's expensive. So he wants to know what's up with the Primus Medicaid, uh, which I actually didn't know about the whole Terminator thing yeah, until I brought so, it to you. So normal apothecaries, they used to only be able to join a list of certain squads. Now they can join any squad with the infantry special rule. Um, and now, because they can take jump packs or bikes, they can also join any bike unit or jump pack unit. So they can pretty much join anything. But there's a special caveat that they have at the end of where it's talking about they can join any infantry squad where they cannot join anything that's in Terminator armor or has the demon special rule. So, I mean, the, the short answer for why you would take a Primus Medicaid is if you have a Terminator unit that you want to give Phil No Pain to. It's the only way to do it. So if you have fire drakes or you have just Starin or you have even just normal cataphracty or Imperial Fist Dudes, Storm Shields or any of these, you know, expensive Terminator units that you want to give a little bit more protection to, the only way to give them more protection or the best way that a lot of people like is to put a Primus Medicaid with them to give them feel no pain. So that one's easy enough. I mean, that's right. That's how you do it. That's what the Primus Medicaid does. That's yeah. That's pretty much what he's for. Is that specific reason is to allow you to put feel no pain on a unit that you can't attach a normal apothecary to. Plus, you may the fact that you can get it in multiple like because it gives you in a a way to get that apothecary ability in another slot because you may take four elite slots. Maybe you're running, you know a couple quad mortar squads, a veteran squad, and a terminator squad, and you don't have room in your army to put an apothecary, but you only want one apothecary, you can spend one of your three HQ slots instead. All day. So. Absolutely. Simple answer. Yep. So he says, lastly is the Pravian. I just don't quite see the point. I guess the Legion has started his bump to a unit of Mechanicum is nice. From what my understanding is of the Mechanicum is that you really have to go all or none since there are a tad pricey in points. So, uh, there's not really an easier way than the Pravian. Like, Pravian's just a solid unit altogether, getting Mechanicum in. Right, well, the fact that he joins the unit, which used to be unique, I think you can with the Cybernetica, Patrica rule, or whatever it's called now. But it yeah. used to be the only way that you could put a character in a unit. But because you can transfer over your Legion special rule to a unit of, like, Castellax or whatever... In a lot of ways, a lot of the Pravians are actually better. They actually do like a unit of Castellex better a lot of time than actual Mechanicum guys do. Yeah. The Legion of Stardust is definitely a huge bump, especially when you start looking deeper into it, the different things that the Legion of Stardust can get you. It's a pretty massive bump to Mechanicum. Well, even just the generic one giving you Tank Hunter. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's... It's good. I mean, it, it's a really killy unit. Plus, it allows, like, um, there's really no other way to get monstrous creatures in a marine army. Like, I can't. There's no marine monstrous creatures. So the fact that you can take, like, you know, 
a Castellax unit all the way up to five Castellax and throw a character in there and have these five monstrous creatures stomping around. I mean, it, it gives your list an entirely new element that people don't typically expect to go against when fighting Marines. Hell yeah. So, so that's why I don't think they're bad. I, I mean, I know a couple guys here run like three Castellax with the... Uh, the Strength Seven AP Two Lance Gun, whatever that's called, the Photon. It's the bigger. It's the biggest Photon. Darkfire Lance. I think that's Dark what it Fire is. Darkfire Cannon. Yeah. Yeah. Or Darkfire Lance. I think. That thing. So they they run like three Castellacs with those. Um. We got one guy that runs Neric Dragur, who's the best Pravian. He's the only three wound Pravian, and he has some other special rules. So he's like clearly better than most Pravians. And then we have another guy that does Iron Hands that just takes a generic one with some Castellax. It's, definitely it's also a pretty mean Zone Mortalis unit. Yeah, I mean, that's those are the three constitutes worried about. And honestly, I think that pretty much nailed it on the head. Like, I think it's pretty, pretty solid. Like, I really don't... Don't take a champion... Take no. a Primus Medicaid if you want to get uh, your Terminator squads feel no pain, or if you want it to give your or your Galvor tour. back. That's, yeah. that's the only demon unit. Yeah, uh, and then Pravians are good if you run that list that you want to take. Uh, take some mechanical units. Like he's just a solid way to get mechanical units in there. So. I don't know. If you have any questions on that, let us know. Shoot us back a back information we'll we'll get back on that but hopefully that answered most of your questions plus you can double up on mechanicum units with the pravian because it used to be like for every cybernetica cyber or cortex controller in your army you can take like one unit of whatever yeah well because that guy automatically comes with a unit of mechanicum guys but he also has a, a cortex controller you get two units of mechanicum from one character it's a good buy so you could take like Castellax or whatever with him and then use for whatever reason a cybernetica cortex unlocks thalax who don't need it but like if you wanted to run some thalax and some castellax you can take the pravian which he'll take castellax in his own unit and then unlock thalax or whatever right so it's one of the things when we went over the brotherhood of iron right war what makes it pointless is because yeah. you can just because of points restrictions and whatever you can get just as many mechanicum units in a normal fucking army without having to take that right of war with all its restrictions because of that right so yeah hopefully that helps him all right so next thing we have from brad he wanted to say he said good day gentlemen uh what is the deal with the hammer fall strike force right of war Maybe it's just because I'm working towards the Siege of Terra-themed defense style army, but this seems like a poor man's orbital assault. I mean, Imperial Fist, Terminators, already Deep Strike, and Pollux lets you give the rule to a unit, single unit as well. Uh, the pros are there, just a few restrictions to follow, and you only have to spend 15 on teleport tra tra transponders instead of 35 on drop pods, and you can still bring ground units in your list, and you can blind people sometimes. The cons are that all vehicles start in reserve and that you do not get the Alpha Strike ability of drop pods, which is a huge in Deep Striking list, right? I feel compelled to make this list work. My ideas include take flyers that start in reserve anyway, take marksman vet and melter rhinos, same reason, use rapier batteries and heavy support teams with apothecaries as the starting units, 
tough kind of alpha strike for you. I'm thinking the deep strike elements of the army would be support squads to slay close range fire and blind enemies. And if I'm crazy, maybe Sigmundson and Templar Brethren to take some kind of batshit insane troop Death Star. Uh, I'd appreciate your opinion on these ideas. I've never seen anyone talk about this right of war, and I feel honor-bound to try it out. If anything, it seems a good one to build out of Kalth boxes. You can take a list very infantry-heavy. Uh, thanks for any ideas you might have. Feel free to talk about my, my any other rarely-seen rights you would like to see ran. Thanks for making a great show. So, Hammerfall Strike Force. What the fuck is the point? The well, to, to be honest, I don't think there is. I like he hit the nail on the head. I think that just run orbital assault if you want to do this, or I mean, you can basically do everything that it does with just imperial fist rules. Like, I don't think you need this right of war. Like, I don't know why you would lock yourself into it. Um, he's the one thing that he maybe he's not realizing a lot of people don't realize this. So, orbital assault. They always think that they don't get any quote-unquote ground units, things that start on the table, which is untrue. Orbital Assault just says that you, everything in your army has to have the deep strike rule. And if you buy, if, if that doesn't, it has to ride in a transport that does. And if they're in a transport, if they buy a transport that does, they must begin the game in it. Right. So if you put your guys in drop pods, obviously drop pods have to start in reserve so they don't start on the board. And the same thing with flyers. That being said, you can take jet bikes, you can take land speeders, you can take salt marines, any of that stuff that has deep strike that doesn't start in a in a transport and just start it on the table. There's no restriction. It just says you have to have the deep strike special rule. It does not state you have to use it. Yep. The only thing that that makes drop pods have to use it is their own individual rules that say they have to use it. And then because you have to begin your guys in the drop pods if you take them based on herbal salt, they they have to. So if he's just wanting to run some type of ground units and run that type of army, you could just take some jet bikes, which has heavy weapons. You could take some land speeders that have heavy weapons. You could even take some assault marines if you want and have a presence on the table and then put things in drop pods to drop in. Um, I also, because he said something about defensive Terra, I don't really think of a deep striking teleporting army is like a defensive army. This seems more like an attacking force, not a defensive force. Uh, I could see it like using something like this to cripple, uh, like, like siege guns and stuff like that. But I don't think that, uh, I think they would have to teleport in. I don't think they'd have the luxury of using drop pods and stuff like that. The other thing about using teleport deep strike especially like because he's saying he's going to take these support squads and all that and shoot well when you shoot you can't run search your guys out so you're literally going to deep strike and be like rank and file fantasy style on a movement tray for your opponent to drop those fucking quad mortars or scorpus whirlwinds on and just remove all your dudes yep so fuck your world up i don't really like just normal deep strike unless you're doing it with something that you can spread out with or whatever. I mean, it's okay. It's not terrible, but I mean, drop pods are definitely a better way to go because you can spread out and it's also protects you. Like you can't mishap in a drop pod unless you can't measure 12 inches. If you, if you're incapable of taking your tape measure and measuring to the edge of the table, right? then you can mishap. But as long as you're capable of doing that, 
<laughs> you, you should never miss half a drop pod ever. Um, so, and then the fact that a drop pod, even if it scatters a little bit or moves, you still get the six inch disembark to get back to where you wanted to be. It's just a better way to go about it. Um, if you're, the other problem is like he said, because it's not orbital assault, like the other problem I have with this right of war is you take all the shit, but because it's going in teleport reserve, the earliest you can get it is turn two. I feel like this right of war, the one thing that they screwed up on, if this had a special rule where these teleporting units came in turn one, like drop, like if you started rolling for reserves at the beginning of the game for any unit put in the force in this way, it would be worthwhile. But the fact that you have to wait till turn two to start rolling for them and, and it's not even automatic or whatever, it sucks. It's, it's pointless. Like I, I really don't get it. Because even if you don't want to go full orbital assault, you can still buy Charybdises and Dreadclaws and then teleport on your Terminators in an Imperial Fist Army and do everything this Rite of War does, but get things turn one and, you know, whatever. You just lose out on the blind thing, which isn't that big a deal. The other problem with the blind thing is because you're just teleporting in guys, in order for the blind thing to work, you have to land within 12 inches but then you're opening yourself up the possibility of scattering and landing on enemies and mishapping to try to land within 12. Mm-hmm. So, so you're going to have to... The, the, the 20 points is, like, invaluable. Like, for a transponder versus a fucking drop pod. Like, it's ridiculous, like, how... Yeah, like, like the drop pod is so much better. You, you, you can't mishap unless you're... Like I said, as long as you are capable of measuring 12 inches, you should never mishap a drop pod, like, ever. Like, I don't... People, they're like, oh, I'm the drop pod mishapped. I'm like, well, what the fuck? What are you doing? <laughs> Do you own a tape measure? I mean, you're playing 40K or 30K. You surely have a tape measure. I mean, I guess I get, like, trying to wedge something in, you know, on the back of the... Like, trying to be super risky, like, every once in a while, I guess. But I don't do that shit. I just measure 12 inches and go, look, this can't go off the board. It and put it down. I, yeah. So, anyway, um, yeah. So you get that where you're not going to scatter. Um, then you actually get a unit that blocks areas of the board for your enemy to be able to move in. Like you can actually use a drop pod to block units off or block sections of the board off. Um, it has a combi bolter that, um, I mean, it is something, it is a gun that you get to shoot. And then when it lands, you get to disembark out of it so you can spread your guys out and get extra movement to position your guys better to shoot. So, to I mean, like you said, for 20 more points, it's like it's worth way more than the teleport transponder thing. So, I mean, orbital assault is just the way to go. Well, I mean, we're just like, because you can't build a hammerfall strike force where everything deep strikes, because if you do, you auto lose. Yeah because you have nothing to start on the board, you're going to have to start with things on the ground. So if you're wanting to run that style of list, fine. Just buy the shit that you wanted to deep strike, Dreadclaws. And then, or Flyers or whatever, and then start your guys on the ground, and you can do the same thing. So there you go. But, I mean, he's not really asking that. I guess he's saying, like, if I want to run this right of war, how would you do it? Not deep strike could- everything through teleport. Well, you can't because you'd lose. So he says, I feel compelled to make this work. My idea is to take flyers because they start in reserve anyway. 
He's right there, but what you could do, instead of taking flyers, like I said, take Dreadclaws. Because they're a flyer that comes in turn one. Um, he said that you could take Marksman, Vets, and Rhinos because they, you want to outflank them, so he's right there. Um, the problem is you're going to have to strike a really good balance of what to start on the board and what to start in reserve if you don't take Dreadclaws because Dreadclaws come in auto turn one. If you just try to do all teleport transponders and then a small thing that starts on the table, say you go second, your opponent's going to have their entire first turn to shoot at you, then their entire second turn to shoot at you to try to kill all your shit on the table before your shit, the deep strike, even comes in. And then even and then your stuff may come in piecemeal if you don't roll good on your reserve rolls. So your opponent's only going to have to be dealing with like a third of your army at a time, which is like a nightmare scenario. Exactly. So I guess the way I thought, like if you just absolutely wanted to use this, just like spitballing ideas here, is do what he said, take a, like a little bit of a fire base with some like quad mortars and some ruins, you know, whatever, just some tough units that they can't clear off. And then maybe build a really tough Death Star style unit with like both Dorn and Sigmund in it. And then make sure that unit and then maybe like so like Dorn Sigmund and a bunch of like Thunder Shield or uh, Storm Shield Terminators and then put a Master of Signal in there with them. So that because he has a Vox. So they land turn one in like a Charybdis and get out and your opponent shoots at him. And then starting turn two, when you roll and get these deep striking units, they can come in off the Vox and you can land as close as you want without any danger of mishapping. I love the idea. That's a great So, idea. I mean, you could do that. I, I mean, but that's a lot of hoops to jump through for just doing some shit that Orbital Assault does better or even just a s standard list with some dread calls in it does better. Right. So, I don't know. Like he says, if he just feels absolutely honor-bound to try it out, I think that's the way to do it. Build some type of unit... That, ha that can just take a Vox or that's tough, like a Breacher Squad or something, or, like I said, take some type of Death Star and just attach a Master of Signal, put those guys in a Dreadclaw or something that comes in turn one, have a little Firebase in the backfield that also is there, so that shit is all on the table turn one, and then on turn two, when your other guys show up, they can come in off of the Vox from the unit you drop turn one. Yeah, man, like, put a put a contemptor in the backfield with like a conversion beamer or you know dare day or something some yep something just to to hold it down to be the uh the anvil to the hammer i guess yeah you could do that uh like he said quad mortars he mentioned would be good scorpus whirlwind would be good pretty much anything that you can hide that's fairly tough that you can start on the table to give you a little bit of uh shooting like I said, Quad Mortars, Scorpus Whirlwind, Dorado would work pretty well because it would punch above its weight. You know what I mean? Like the amount that you have invested in its points, it can deal out a pretty good amount of damage. I've seen a Daredeo take out a Leviathan before. That was really sad. That was the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Just whole point Sorry, Josh. Sorry, Josh. I know you're listening da, da, right da, now. Da, da. Dorado's yeah. pretty underrated. Yeah, especially with the autocannon. Like it's it, that Sunder. The I like the auto cannon better than the plasma. I know a lot of people like. I don't because that plasma is so expensive. Like I think the auto cannon's better personally. Like I don't. I don't have any use for that plasma. I like the auto cannon. Thirty six inch range is like a big deal. Like that's not so great 
compared to the auto cannon. Well, that and it's lower. It's not strength eight. It's only strength seven, right? I know yeah, it's AP two, but it's it's just strength seven. It's got it's got two modes. It's got the heavy four mode, and then it's got the five inch gets hot. The strength eight strength eight sunder is a big deal. Yeah. Both twin linked. I don't know. One I. It's real. Like I could see a. Um. Uh, a Terminator squad fucking up <laughs> and coming in in front of a plasma Daredeo and getting its world wrecked. But yeah, I mean, but that's always a possibility, I guess. But I'm just saying, like, the for the points increase. Yeah, no, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's way it's way more points. Like that upgrade is too many points for that. Like I feel like the auto cannon is it's just as good. It's just different. It's a different. Okay. Since we got this little sidebar going right now on the Daredeo, how do you feel about the the last cannon, the new last cannons on it? Oh, the I like 10. it because it's it's you know it's unique. There, it's hard to get long range strength ten shooting. There's not a lot of it. Is that ten one or is that no? It's ten two, isn't it? I think it's yeah. 10-2. But it ha- I thought it has that. I don't have the rules in front of me, but it has some type of rule where if you score a pin, you do an extra hit or some shit on like a four, that. on a four up. Yeah, you do an additional yeah. hole point on a four up. Actually, it's an additional hit. Yeah. So I think you I think you can re-roll a another pen. Right. So. I think it's solid. I, I think it's pretty expensive, but to me, I don't like the plasma. It feels of those two options you just gave me, the plasma feels like the in-between huh. option. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a fan. Like it's like I either want to go one way or the other way. I just realized Forge World owes us that automatic Paves and the, the last cannons. We haven't seen them yet. No, we haven't. We got that stupid alligator this week. Alligator. The Ferrari or Fergami. The Fajari. Oh, the Vermeer. Is that what they're called? (laughs) Vermeer. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. So we still got some Daredevil upgrades that are sitting in the (laughs) The the wild. It's like alligator. (laughs) So, so yeah, just a solid unit in the backfield. I've actually the conversation. Were you part of that conversation that came up today about the conversion beamer sitting in uh, the in the backfield? Nope. There's a guy on South Texas asking about the uh, the playability of a conversion beamer, and it got my gears turning. Like how good a conversion well, Tim, beamer? Telling to write into Eye of Horus. Tim uses that shit all the time. No shit. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're right. Like he ever, like he has he's all about conversion beamers. He puts them on a lot of stuff. So I mean I mean I listen to their podcast religiously so i mean he'll tell you that they're kind of hit and miss it's one of those things they they only are good if you get that furthest range so if your yeah. opponent can close the distance at all then they're they're kind of fucking pointless well looking at his list if he's going to be basically deep striking and everybody's dick you know first second well second turn yeah then i mean that seems like a really good choice you know like you're basically uh I just don't see why anybody would waste any, like, break off a chunk of your army to go try and get rid of this Contemptor. Unless yeah, he has some know. own outflanking units or some own deep striking units. Well, I guess I guess my thought on it is if you go second, and you even if he does the thing where he's got, like, a big unit and a Charybdis, it's literally going to be one of the few things on the board, so it's still going to take... That's why I prefer quad mortars, because you putting fucking quad mortars in ruins, they're not dying. You can shoot whatever you want at them; they don't die. 
They're tough fucking seven with a million wounds. They're like <laughs> what are they're four wounds per mortar, and you you get a unit of three, so it's twelve fucking wounds to kill the unit. And they're tough seven with a four up cover save sitting in ruins. And then half the time it's night fight. Yeah, get rid of them. I'd fucking dare you. Like shoot your army at them. I don't care. Can't kill those things with shooting. <laughs> and that's just. I mean, that is, it doesn't even need to be the quad mortar. I think the quad mortars are going to be the best way to get your points back. But if you just needed something to hold your plays, if you needed that, that fucking doorstop. Then, well, here, uh, I killed quad mortars with shooting the last game I played here at the game club. And all it took was two full 10-man outflanking sniper vet squads, wounding them on fours, um, shooting them one turn, and then a, a, a Avenger strike fighter doing a strafing run with las cannons and the Avenger <laughs> bolt cannon. And I still only killed, I took half the wounds away. And then on the next turn, I had to shoot him again with the same shit to get rid of it. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, that's an absurd amount of shooting to kill, like, 180 points of shit. Good lord, man. So, that's I mean, not it, even, like, that's not even putting, like, a Raven Guard Centurion in there with, like, a camo cloak or something. Like, yeah, well, he's playing Imperial just... Fist, but yeah. Yeah, it's they're just hard to dig out. If you put them in some place where they're getting a four up cover save, they're so fucking hard to get rid of. I just imagine like, you know, in the movies, like when stuff like they like blows up, it's like, we got him. He's dead. And the smoke clears and they're still there. That's quad mortars, man. They just they're still fucking there. Yep, pretty much. And then the worst, like you said, is they have like a master of the signal with fucking artificer armor attached. It's just two more wounds. These with the two up save. It's like, (laughs) God damn. So you have to assault those things. They're not that bad in assault. I mean, you can assault them with anything, get rid of them. But yeah, just punch them in the face and they just they might as well just have a special rule immune to shooting. Okay, cool. (laughs) I have to assault them. So that sounds like probably the best staple to just kind of hang in there. Just take some quad mortars. You'll be all right. And that's then what I think. Strike yeah, take like two. Take like two units of two or some shit going back there. And um, um, two units of two would be fucking brutal. That's that's about the right number. Yeah. Well, I mean, if because he's not gonna have phosphex or anything, they're not like offensively. They're still good. Like I mean, he no, I mean like them. like spread out, like spread yeah. out in two different. Yeah. It'd yeah. be. I mean, I don't know how many elite slot like because we we're just talking like throwing units out there. But I mean, if you have points. Like, spam them fuckers out. Take four units of two if you're not going to use any elite slots. <laughs> Make that shit ain't team. dying. So there's that. There's that list. Ready to move on to Mr. Kenny's list here? Yep. All right. So this... So we got this in. It says, totally not a dick pic. Oh, I'm sorry. Totally a dick pic. His first email was totally not. This one is totally is totally a dick pic and then uh it's got a picture of dick cheney with a high resolution uh penis head (laughs) as his normal head that's a really like did you look at that like i I think i put way too much thought into how this picture was made but like that is a really high resolution dick tip like yeah it's like so so they basically replaced like if you drew a line where his eyebrows are at like where your eyebrows would be at and then took a bone saw and like just cut the top of somebody's head off right there, but then found a dick that was the same circumference as their head, like right the tip of the dick where it becomes like, you know, the mushroom head. 
<laughs> and then you stitch that on. That's what this picture looks like. But it's funny because it's the triple dick. Because it's he's a dick, his name's Dick, and he made him into a dick. Yep. So just, it's it's the greatest dick pick. It really, when you think about it, it's a super dick. It's a super dick pick. So we, we just had Here, to describe. Here's, here's I'm gonna weird you out right now. I'm just I'm gonna say this. I can't believe I'm saying this to the general public, especially because I don't have a picture to back it up. I I cooked a Nathan's hot dog the other day, right? And it did okay. the thing where it like swells up on the grill and then you get it like off the grill and you put it in your bun and then it fucking shrivels. Okay. Right? Yeah. So it got all wrinkly. So it had the texture of a nutsack, but it's a hot oh. dog, so it looks like a dick. So I'm like, this looks like a nutsack mated with a dick and had a dick nutsack baby. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the, the weirdest thought in my head. And then I ate it. So... <laughs> <laughs> I can't let this live. <laughs> You're like a dog who eats his own throw up. You're just like, oh, oh god, just. <laughs> but I was like, I was gonna send you a picture that said, "Doesn't this look like somebody crossed a a dick with a nutsack?" And just see what you said about it. But I just have. described you it. Did you take a picture? No, you didn't take any picture. No, I didn't think about. It. I was fucking hungry. I just ate it. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking newsworthy. Newsworthy. Here's a wrinkly, a wrinkly hot dog. That's <laughs> so stupid. I'm ashamed. All right. So this is what Kenny says. Kenny says, Hey guys, I looked back on my original email and I realized I must have been drunk or something, as it was some shitty outdated battle scribe list from when I was compiling stuff I actually have. As such, I'm not going to include a list, but will instead let you know what I have and hopefully build from there. I haven't listed I haven't listened to all the older episodes, so if you guys do a banging Iron Warriors list further back, feel free to tell me which episode. Let me do. Let me go in. Let me go die in a fire. Okay. <laughs> uh, at any rate, I have the following: one Kalth box plus fourteen extra tacticals, four of which are kitted out with missile launchers for Iron Havoc's usage. Uh, one Sakarin, two Rhinos with a plan to get a third at least. Two quad mortars. Uh, that out of the way, I want to add some more artillery with either a pair of Medusas, even though I know Ryan thinks they're a poop, or a pair I don't, of Scorpius. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. I don't think that they're poop, but we'll get to it. Go ahead. <laughs> they're trash. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or a pair of Scorpius, Scorpi, Scorpies. I guess that's Scorpi. Like a, a Scorpii? Scorpi? Whatever. I'm looking to do a primary mounted force backed up by pie plates and blast templates, as is the Iron Warrior way, partially to play the Hammer of Olympia, but also the other one, which I can't think of the name, but iron the fire. Scatter for your one. Yep. Yeah, it's Iron, iron fire. fire. I would also like to take... I don't know why you would ever take the Hammer Olympia when you could take Iron Fire, but whatever. Yeah, I, I get it. I would also like to take Phosphex, partially because my friend I play with has Death Guard and loves to dump that stuff around. I would love to give him of his days of his own medicine. Well, you're not in any good luck. But anyway, I would also like to add a flyer, but I'm unsure what to add. I like the Xiphon model since it looks like a Viper from Battlestar Galactica, but they seem kind of junky against non-flyer units. Any advice on what I should look for? I don't really care to have a Death Star and would much prefer a balanced list like Ryan says about his Blood Angels. Death Stars are made to be shot up, and that's dumb. I know you guys <laughs> are getting pelted with lists, so thanks for all you do, and keep up the awesome podcast. I don't care if they are long. 
I listen to them while painting or playing video games. Oh, and if you are serious about getting the British painters over here and can do it closer to Indiana or Illinois, my buddies and I are in Wisconsin would totally come to join the class. So, uh, so, so for starters, on the on the painters and the MKA painter thing, uh, they they told me no, like they they were like as like n- nice as they could be, like, hey, we don't get that much time off. 2018 is probably the soonest they'd be able to do it. So. That being said, the way me and Michael were actually trying to work it, if it does ever come to fruition, uh, we were going to try to talk them into doing twofer. a twofer, like coming to the States and doing one here and then going to Texas and doing one there or vice versa. That way we felt like you would hit two fairly centralized locations in the East and Western United States and it would they'd be able to double dip and get the most out of their trip and run two full classes, one here and one there. And then um, fly back. So their air, you know what I mean. It, it would. I would feel like that would be monetarily, if they're going to bother coming over here. I would think that would maximize their profits for the trip. So that's yeah. how we were gonna. That's how we were gonna try to pitch it. So if we do ever get them here, that's what we're gonna try to do. Have one here and have one in Texas. They would sell out so fucking quick. But oh well. Anyway, that wouldn't be till 2018 anyway. So. Maybe we'll get them at stiff camp or heresy camp. But anyway, on to the list now. Well, hang on. We got a couple other things. So the Medusa. I don't think that Medusas are necessarily crap. I just think that they're they're fairly easily countered. Outshined. I don't even know that. It's just like, because they do a unique thing. I mean, they're, they're strength 10, you know, blast. That's ordnance, so it always hits side armor. So they're they're good at killing. Like they're one of the few things that can you know just knock out a flare shielded Spartan stuff like that. The problem is because they're armor ten on the side or rear. If you're once you start using stuff like that, your meta should very quickly adjust to have units that just take them out super quick I've, or stun them or whatever. I think their biggest problem is the squadron rules really fuck them. Yeah, that too. Like. And, that, and they're a zero to one, so it's not like you can, even if they were a squadron, but you could, if you didn't really worry about heavy, like you were just going to use all your heavy supports where you could take three individuals, yeah. you'd be fine. But the fact that if you want to run three, they're all in one unit, they can only shoot at one unit at a time, and then if somebody like takes some javelins or takes a flyer or has something that deep strikes and they can just shoot, then they can kill all three in one go. So here's the thing. Every game I've ever played against a squadron of Medusas, I've always made it a point to wipe the squadron in like one go. Yeah. Like if it's like through like a death blossom or through tyrant terminators or whatever, just like all of them go in one turn dead. Like, well, and the thing is you, because they're armor 10, it's easy to do. Like you can usually easy. do it with one unit. You don't even need multiple units to do it typically. Right. Right. Exactly. My question to you, because you're like this tactic God, how would you protect your Medusas? How would you? What you gotta would you put, do to protect your Medusas? Medusae. You could start them. You could null deploy them. Start them off the board. Okay. So that if they have any alpha strike shit, it comes in, does whatever, and then just drive. Like it's hard to tell because of deployments, but the, they would work best if you were de- doing a deployment where you had a, a long table edge, so that wherever they decided to come in with their drop pods or whatever, you could then 
when your Medusas became available, drive them in from a point that's furthest away from the threats and then start barraging them. That is a solid fucking tactic right there. That's a, that's a great tactic. Because I, I, I was thinking, I was under the, the impression that, uh, like, uh, Ordnance Barrage, you couldn't move and fire it even on a vehicle because that was, like, in older editions, like, if you had a Whirlwind or you had a Basilisk and you moved it, you couldn't shoot it, but you can. Right. Like, there's nothing that stops you in, in this rule set. So you can, no. drive your, you can drive your Medusa six inches and fire it. So if you just start it off the board, especially him because he's playing Iron Warriors, if you put Petarabo in the list. Boom, can, first turn. First turn, if you want to. That's the other cool thing about Petarabo's rule is it says you may choose to roll for reserves turn one. You don't even have to do it. So once again, if he's trying to play the delay tactic game, he can you know choose to bring him in turn start rolling for them on turn one or turn two hmm. i dig it so it's like you get what i'm saying so they they come in with their melt of vets or their leviathan or whatever and then wherever they put that thing you bring them on as far away as you can from your table edge and then shoot the thing that's a threat to them to try to remove it to even give it more space ah sneak medusas yeah and they just come in so if you're gonna run them that's to me, like if they have some type of alpha strike unit, you may be playing some, you know, somebody that just likes to drive at you with dudes and rhinos or whatever, and then they're gonna, you know, blow the Die. fuck out of that. Yeah, that's that's when Medusas are good when you're playing somebody that, you know, just builds that type of list where they just drive at you or march at you or like fly jump infantry at you and don't. They're very like a very straightforward like headlong rush type player. That's where Medusas are really good. It's like it's like throwing dynamite into a lake and killing fish. Yeah. That or if you're also playing other gunline armies and then your you can knock out their artillery with yours, then it becomes one sided really fast for you. Then you can just, you know, hammer them. So like yeah. say you go for like say they have Medusas, you have Medusas and you're both running these gunline style armies like Imperial Fist Iron Warrior style. Whoever <laughs> whoever goes first, like say the Iron Warriors go first and they shoot their Medusas at the enemy Medusas and blow them up, you know, and then shoot their quad mortars at their quad, you know, and basically you're just doing this standoff and you can, like, get that, you know, get to go first and kill a lot of their shit, then it's going to obviously increase the survivability of yours. Just Revolutionary War style. Be World War One style. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except so, no trench. Oh, I guess they both have trenches. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway... So Medusas aren't necessarily bad. They're just, it's for one, it's not my style of unit. Like for me, for me personally, I don't like them because I don't play that way. Like I don't, they're not, they're not a type of unit that I'm attracted to. So you'll probably never see me run any in any list. But like, I can't say that they suck because it's like, it's like an opinion thing. You know what I mean? Like I recognize that they're not bad. They're just not for me. Yeah. I get it. I mean, you don't have any yeah. legions that would really take advantage of Medusas anyway, so. Well, fluff, yeah, fluff-wise, well, maybe, I mean, salamanders, they're kind of a fucking blunt instrument, but I play Orbital Assault, so, you know, I wouldn't take them. But they're they're just not my style anyway. They're not something. I am building a, uh, a Loyalist Militia Army out of my Creed guys that's going to use Medusas, but they're going to use the carriage-style ones, not the tank ones. They're like Way the, cooler. yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, we'll, we'll get there in a future episode, get back to this guy's list. So I wanted to say that. Then he asked about, 
um, the Xiphon. Um, yeah, it does look cool if you like Battlestar. It does, that's exactly what it looks like, a Viper. Um, I personally, for its points, think that it's probably the weakest flyer that the Marines can take. Unless you're fighting other flyers. But even then, it's still kind of... Even then, I think a Fire Raptor is better. I think a Fire Raptor is better at killing other flyers than a Xiphon. So even in its, like, the role that it's supposed to take on, I... Well, here's the thing. So a Xiphon is technically better. Like, in a one-on-one dogfight, it's the best, right? Right. But the reason I like the Fire Raptor better is because you can have one Fire Raptor that can shoot at three enemy planes and make all three of them jink. (laughs) <laughs> because any of the three guns on a, if I put if I put auto cannon batteries on the side of a fire raptor yep if I shoot auto cannons or the nose gun or the other auto cannon at your lightning you have to jink have to or you're dead yep right so I may not kill you or the Xiphon because it uh it makes you reroll jinx or whatever with its missiles and then you get extra expl- like the Xiphon will definitely probably kill one lightning, but let's say they, they took a suborbital wing or they have multiple flyers. I can have more control over what you're doing with your flyers with a single fire raptor because I can engage multiple targets. And then on top of that, the fire raptor is like way more durable and is good at killing ground targets. So it has more versatility on top of the fact that it's actually arguably better in an anti-flyer role because it can take on multiple targets. Mm. So I don't know. It's, it's all one of those things. Like the only thing a Xiphon is really honestly good at is like a direct one-on-one, like (laughs) this one flyer wants to kill this one flyer. It's probably the best thing, but that's it. That's all that it's good at. And it's a lot of points for that. I feel like it's, I, I honestly personally feel it's a 150 point maximum is what that thing should cost. Yeah. And it's 205 points, I believe. When it came out and I saw the points cost, I was like, I'm like, what? Like, I honestly just didn't understand. <laughs> what do you do? Because I read the <laughs> rules and looked at the model and I thought, well, I was pumped at first because I thought, well, this will be awesome. If it's like 150 points, you know, it'd be cool. But at 205, they're, somebody's... Somebody's smoking the good stuff at 205 points. I guess the way I look at it, I mean, this is dragging 40K into it and Eldar at that. But if it's very, if you look at a Xiphon on paper, it's damn near identical to the current Eldar 40K flyer. The, uh, oh, no, no the, the, not the one with the D, the one that has a, a bright lance and two or two bright lances and a pulse laser. So it shoots four strength eight AP two shots. Very similar to the Xiphon there. It's got the same armor. It's like, or it's armor 10 with three hole points instead of armor 11 with two. And it has agile, all that. So they're very similar. They do very similar things. And I think the Eldar one's like 130 points. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you know what I'm getting at? Like, it's like, it's literally so close you could basically look at one and go, well, we want to make like we want to make a marine version of this. So they just gave it a few slightly different things that the Eldar one doesn't have, you know, just to make it slightly different, but then made it like 70 points more expensive. <laughs> so I don't really understand. I don't either. I don't get it. Uh, there's and no I, I know that like 
40k and 30k are normally pointed different, but because the Zyphon has 40k rules, and if you look, they're identical. Like the points cost and the rules for the Zyphon are identical for the 40k system that they are in 30k. So there's like no reason to take them at all. <laughs> like like even they're even worse in 40k. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. So I don't. I'm not a Zyphon guy. Like rules wise, like you said, I think the model looks cool, but I think you would get way more traction and usability out of a fire raptor if you're wanting a like an anti-flyer fire or anti-flyer flyer then i think the fire raptor is the way to go because it can engage multiple targets it's still threatening to most jets but it also serves a dual purpose of killing things on the ground plus it's much more durable which is exactly what he was asking he says they seem kind of junky against non-flyer units any advice on what i should take so yeah i guess fire raptor is going to be the the answer on that one yeah and i think they're both heavy support yeah so the here's the thing oh wait he, i think it's isn't a siphon fast attack i don't know i want to say it's I've, fast never, attack. I've never wanted to well see that's the other thing that's the only reason he may not look at a fire raptor because when you start reading what he has and what he's wanting to take and all that um he needs like six heavy support slots <laughs> so Yeah. But I mean, even regardless, like you could take a lightning, it's fast attack. I think it's better than a Zyphon. You can take a Storm Eagle for fast attack. I think it's better than a Zyphon. So I'm not a fan I, of Storm Eagle. But I'd I'd take a lightning. Out of any out of all of them, I'd take the lightning. Of the fast attack ones, yeah. Yeah. Without so. going into suborbital strike wing and all that jazz. So anyway, so I hope we answered that. Um, so now we can talk about the list, right? Yes, the list. All right. So this is what I came up with for him. So I tried to build something that uses many of the models that he's got here, plus the things that are on his wish list. So for HQ, I have a Centurion that is upgraded to be a Siege Breaker. For his, nice. compuls- for his compulsory HQ. This guy has Artificer Armor and a Power Fist. And that's it. And then I have a Praetor. And the Praetor has Artificer Armor, um, Bolter, Iron Halo, Paragon Blade, and Power Fist. And he, you take the Praetor so you can unlock uh, Master of the Legion because he's wanting to run a Rite of War. Um, so he's going to unlock Iron Fire Rite of War. Perfect. And then for troops, I have two 10-man tactical squads that the sergeants have melt the bombs with no other upgrades. And then the, both of those two squads are in... Uh, this is a 2,500-point list, by the way, if I didn't say it at the beginning. Um both both of these get, ten, emails. Uh oh. Both of these uh uh ten man tactical squads have uh rhinos that have multi melters on them. So Dig. you got that. So that takes up his two rhinos that he says he has. Um then I took a unit of uh two quad mortars, and the quad mortars are upgraded to phosphex. And then I took a, another unit of two quad mortars that are upgraded to Phosphex, because he said he wanted to run Phosphex. That's a fuckload of Phosphex. 
so that's two two man there's two two batteries of two quad mortars that both have phosphex and then obviously the standard rounds as well um then i took a unit of five cataphracty terminators um the sergeant has a power fist two other guys have power fist and two of the guys have chain fists and they are in a Land Raider Phobos that has armored ceramite and a dozer blade. So I took the Terminators because they come in the Kalth box. I know he has them. And then he just buys a Land Raider to put them in. Um, then I took a unit of Veteran Tacticals. Uh, let's see. It is eight models. They have... What did I give these guys? They have Marksman. So they're going to have Outflank and Sniper. And they are in a Rhino with a uh, Multimelta. And I believe the two characters go in there. Oh, no. Yes. The two characters go in there. The That's why it's only eight guys. Um, then, so he's got the, the four leech choices there. Then for fast, I don't have any fast. Then for heavy support, I took a 10-man Iron Havoc squad and gave the sergeant an augury scanner and then gave all 10 guys um, missile launchers with frag crack and flak missiles. And then they, they also have a dedicated rhino, and that rhino has a havoc launcher. And then I took a Medusa battery with two Medusas in it because he said he wanted Medusas for the second heavy support. And then for the third heavy support... I took a Legion Whirlwind Scorpius. Hmm. So the idea behind this is you so you take the Centurion and the Praetor and you put them, like I said, in with the veteran squad. So they'll outflank with the vets. So it'll give you a, a decent close combat unit that's also oh, the veterans also have melt bombs on every guy. If I didn't Naturally. say it. Yeah, I don't think I did, but they they do have it. So they're going to outflank, so that'll give you something to get in the backfield. So the Terminators and the Land Raider will just charge forward. They'll be another tough unit to push forward with. And they're, they're going to push forward with the two 10-man tactical squads and Rhinos. So that's going to be like your forward push to get objectives or the two tactical squads, the Veteran Tacks, and the Terminators. Your Quad Batteries and your Iron Havocs and your Medusas and your Whirlwind are all going to sit back. The reason I gave the Iron Havocs a Rhino, because you can give that Rhino a Havoc Launcher, so you always use that Havoc Launcher to set your first Iron Counter Marker every turn. Bam. I was wondering why you took the uh, the, uh, the Havoc Launcher. Because it's twin-linked, so you get to reroll Scatter, and it's just a cheap, like, you know, it's only a 15-point upgrade. It's Strength 5, AP 5, Small Blast, but it's twin-linked. So you fire that, so you don't waste any of your other shooting to get your first marker placed where you want it. And then you start hammering them with your everything else, everything else. Dang, dude, that's good, man. I did not. I was, I was sitting here thinking like, why the fuck did he take a havoc launcher? It's such a weird. Okay. Makes sense now. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be your marker. Like that's where you're going to, you know, set your marker at the other imagine the havoc launcher, just shooting like a little fucking flare, like, yeah. And the enemy's like, what the fuck is this? Like picking it up. And then So so I really like an iron fire to run havoc launchers. Like that's the other thing. So I put multi meltas on all these rhinos. So the other three have multi meltas. 
And then the right. fourth one that goes in the Iron Havocs has the Havoc. But multi-melters are the same points cost as a Havoc launcher. So if he finds that he likes that idea with the ranging shot, you know, with the twin link. So say you wanted two, because you could easily strip the one of the multi-melters off of um, one of the tactical squads and put a Havoc launcher on there. And then you could shoot a ranging shot for like your Medusas, like an anti-tank one, and then shoot one like wherever their troop unit is uh, out of the other one, and then shoot your quad mortars there if you wanted to. Just just lay down fucking markers is all you're doing. Right. And then I like the other ranging shots because yeah. that's exactly what the fuck they're that's, right. that's what it's for. So uh, the other nice thing, rounds, the other the, nice uh, thing about the outflanking vets, wherever side that you feel like you want to bring them in on try to shoot a, a marker over there because if you're within six inches of a marker, you become fearless. Yeah. So it makes them have to try to kill those vets all the way to a man, even in close combat because you're iron warriors. You're not going to take uh, morale checks to shooting anyway. So you're going to give no fucks whether you're next to a marker or against shooting regardless, but it does. It also helps in close combat where you're there have to kill you to a man to get you out of close combat. Right. So that's why I gave this, um, Oh, I also gave the Centurion the uh, or the uh, Siege Master. So the Siege Master has a boarding shield and a power fist. So he goes in that veteran. So it's also going to make those guys, when you come in the first turn with your Praetor, you know, whatever, it's going to make that unit actually a pretty decent close combat unit. So they're going to get charged. Right, so the likely. idea is to come in, come in with your Rhino, six inches, get your sniper vets out, and because they're sniper vets, it gives you the outflank so you can get back there. And then it's also going to give you where you can immediately start shooting and doing something because there are, you know, they're snipers, so they wound on a four up. Yep. So you can start killing like quad mortars, shit like that. And then if you get charged, they're going to take a charge really well because you got that boarding shield with defensive grenades. And then you got this guy in there with a power fist, so he's going to be three power fist attacks. And then you got your Praetor that has a Paragon Blade power fist. I think I gave the, did I give the Praetor digital lasers as well? No, I didn't. I didn't have points. But you're even standing still, your Praetor still five attacks, and he can switch between a, a Paragon Blade or a Power Fist. So, pretty good. So you're going to have the eight Power Fist attacks or three Power Fist attacks and five Paragon Blade attacks, and then you're all, you know, each veteran is three attacks, you know, when they're being charged. So that's going to be a pr pretty formidable close combat unit. And then, and then because you're spotting around near them, then bam, fearless. They become fearless. Yeah. And then they uh, they all have melt bombs so you know it's something they have to deal with. And then I like the idea of those guys coming in, and then you got the Predator or the, the Land Raider driving up as well with the Terminators in it. So you're kind of like trying to pinch them between that while also hammering them with artillery. So I feel like it's a pretty cool list. And it, he has a lot of scoring units uh, because the two tactical squads, his troops are scoring, the Terminators are scoring, and the veteran tacticals are scoring. So he's still got four scoring units. Um, Iron Havocs are baller. I don't know why a lot of people don't run them. They've increased them to Ballistic Skill 5 in the new book. Yep. Um, to buy them a missile launcher, it's only five points a guy, and it automatically comes with all three missile types. You don't have to buy the flak missiles. They just come with it. They automatically have Tank Hunter. They subtract one from your cover save, and they automatically come with Hardened Armor. So any blast markers dumped on them, they get to reroll failed saves against Hmm. So, so they're, not, they're not quad mortar fucking bait. No, nope. They're very good against stuff like that. 
So they're they're and you put give them an augury scanner so they have interceptor all that. So these guys will be your anti flyer because if they have fly, like you don't really need a jet. I didn't bother putting a jet in this list like he asked because these guys will shoot down any Anything. plane. Yeah, they're go they're going to be strength seven flak missiles with tank hunter, which is going to be brutal against flyers, and then they subtract one from your cover save. So you should be able to shoot down pretty much any jet. Flak missile range is forty eight inches. Yep. That's great. I can't imagine. Like, that's solid. Strength eight coming in. No, strength seven. It's strength seven. Uh, tank oh, strength seven. Black missile okay. on strength seven. Yeah. But you're getting a reroll. Yes. Most, the, I think, the highest armor on a on a flyer other than a Castus or Cestus is twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Yeah, but most most of the flyers that people take are the smaller ones. But even armor twelve, you're you're glancing on fives. You know, pinning on six, and you're getting. 10 shots at BS five, it's minus one of their jink. And then you get to reroll that armor pin roll. So you should be putting tons of hole points on them. And I, I feel like this has all the ingredients that, so because he's got a calf box, um, I have the, the two tactical squads and then the veteran tactical. So that's the 30 tactical Marines in the box. And then I took the five terminators that come in the box. So I used all that. He says he already has two quad mortars. So I use those. He says he already has two rhinos, so I use those. So of the list of everything he has, I literally used every single model except for the Sakaran. And in his wish list, I put everything in his wish list um, into the army as well because I put the Iron Havocs. Well, he already he says he also has Iron Havocs, so I put those in the list. He said he wanted Medusas. I put those in the list. He said he wanted a Scorpus. I put that in the list. Um, the only problem is because you only have three heavy support slots, I can't fit that Sakaran in. But you don't need so, it anyway. No. So my thought was, because he said he might want to run Hammer of Olympia, if you want to run Hammer of Olympia, what I personally would do is you could um, basically run this exact same list, uh, drop the veteran squad, because Hammer of Olympia makes you take three troop choices. So you'd essentially have to um, drop the vets and then take a third tactical squad, or you could drop the Terminators and take a third tactical squad, which, whichever one. Um, and you should have a few extra points left over. Um, and then you probably want to drop one of the quad mortar batteries to give you some more points to get, and then then you could take your Sakaran for your fourth heavy. So you're essentially going to trade out one of those two units for a tactical unit and gain some points and then drop some quad mortars to gain some more points and then add in the Sakaran. And then you'd have cool. hammer. But this list will kind of work with both. So hopefully this helps him out and he likes it. Um, so, and then, like I said, if you want to get a flyer, I think the flyer, I personally like the fire after, but you're pretty heavy on heavy support already. I don't know what you're thinking of a Lord of war. If you're not planning, like if you, for some, like sometimes I don't even know if he's doing loyalist or traitor. He may be doing loyalist. So if you're doing loyalist, you're not ever going to run Petarabo anyway. So what I would look at doing is maybe getting like a suborbital strike wing of thunderbolts. Cause you want to talk about something that's good. Anti like that's, that's arguably the best anti flyer. That's even more anti flyer than the Zyphon because it, it has that, um, it has the four kinetic piercer missiles yeah. that have heat seeker. So you're getting rerolls to hit, reroll armor pin, their strength six AP two armor bane. Then it's got two twin linked auto cannons. It's got a twin linked las cannon in a marine army. 
Um, you can buy it a battle servitor, which gives all that shit tank hunter. And it has um, that rule, the combat interdiction rule. So if your enemies have a flyer on the table, but your Thunderbolt's in reserve, you get to re-roll failed reserve rolls. So that would obviously be extremely good if you actually ran more than one in a suborbital wing. And it's ballistic skill three, though, right? It's four. It's ballistic skill four. Okay. The only ballistic skill three flyers that I'm aware of are the Arvis and the Avenger. Okay. And so the Thunderbolt, you can buy ground tracking to give it strafing runs, so it'll go to five against ground targets. Um, it's still going to be only four against air targets. Right. But but then with the uh, heat seeker rule on the missiles, you get to reroll ones to hit. So against ground the targets, they're missing are pretty pretty slim. Pretty low. Yeah. Even against other jets. So. I wish I saw more thunderbolts on the table. And 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 a thunderbolt's cheaper than a uh, Xiphon. It's still only two hundred points. I mean, once you put the upgrades on it, it's two twenty five. But it's still only twenty points more, and I think it's far superior. It's got more hole points, uh, got the interdiction rule, has way more guns on it. So the only bad thing is it takes up a Lord of War slot for a Marine Army. Yeah, I'd much rather use my Lord of War slot for multiple flyers than anything else I can think of. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Like, if he's planning on running Pedrabo later on down the road, he probably doesn't want a suborbital. The the other cool thing about a suborbital wing, though, if you buy one, you could use it for multiple armies. So, like, if he does another army, if he paints them just like Imperial Navy colors, you Boom. can always use them. Yeah, use them for multiple armies. So, anyway, I hope that helps him out. I, for for tabletop purposes, I would avoid a Xiphon. I mean, pretty much anything is better. <laughs> <laughs> buy a Xiphon and call it a Lightning. Yeah. There you go. Convert it. All right, but so I hope it. that helped you out, Mr. Kenny. What do you think? I mean, is there anything you want to add to the list? I mean, what do you think? No, dude, I like it. Like, you totally brought, like, so much new stuff to my eyes, like how to run Iron Fire. I'd like to see an Iron Fire list actually run. Like We got a guy here that runs one. I helped. I helped. I think he's tweaked it since I originally built it, but it's a similar idea to this. He's got a couple Havoc launchers in there for ranging shots, and he's got some quad mortars. He's got Medusas. He's got... Um, Scorpus whirlwinds, all that shit in there. That's so crazy. That's so crazy to me. I love it. I love the idea of that whole list in general. The whole Phobos rushing forward is kind of weird to me, but what do you Well, doing? normally, well, I'm just trying to use what's in his calc box. Yeah. You know what I mean? I and if you read the fluff of the Iron Fire, there's actually a short story called Iron Fire. And the way that they do it in the story is they have these giant, uh, the big artillery tanks that like, I think it's the ones that they stole from the lion. The giant, like, super siege artillery. They're like, yeah, it's like the Ordinatus ones. And they're shelling the city. Some dreadwing shit. Right, but they're shelling the city, and as they're shelling it, they have, like, a a spear tip formation of five Spartans, I believe. So they're literally just driving at the city with five Spartans as fast as they can while laying down a rolling bombardment of these Ordinatus like giant siege guns in front of them to clear their path as they drive into the heart of the city. So this is kind of like, where's this story at? It's called iron fire. It's a short story. It's just a short story somewhere. Yeah. I'll hook you up. I got it. I'll send it to you. Hold on. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the, the listeners here. 
Iron Fire. Yep. It's a very cool short story. Oh yeah, it's just straight up digital copy only ebook. Yep. Yep. Called Iron Fire. I have to check that out. I feel like every Iron Warrior player should read this. It it, it you should. It came actually it came out I if I remember, recall correctly, it came out before this Ride of War came out. The Broken Warsmith, Idris Kendrill. He's the guy that uh, Dantioch tools. He's the one that he drops the fortress on and steals oh, the okay. ship. And he lives through it. And then as punishment, Pedarabo like, sends him off because he's like a, you know, a meathead fuckface. He's like, here, like, you're not dead, so I'm going to, like, send you off on bullshit duty. So Pedarabo like, sends him out to basically, like, these really deadly war zones to like send him into the meat grinder so that he can collect statistics so that he can send them back so that they can gather data to make the other iron warriors fight better. So he, (laughs) so he develops this iron fire tactic while doing that. I see that. Like I'm reading this right now. It says using a new and unique siege strategy of his own device. Yeah. It's a pretty cool story. His body broken by the fall of Shadenhold. The Iron Warriors Warsmith is nonetheless far from defeated. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Perturabo is just like such a dick. He's like, take this abacus and go get statistics <laughs> yeah. for these battles. Basically, basically like, yeah. Well, can I use this powerful future computer? No. Take the <laughs> abacus. <laughs> but it's all covered in hazard stripes. I can't. He's even got read the it. shitty graphing calculator you rented in high school that you have to return. <laughs> And it's like, <laughs> fuck, like somebody shoots a bolter at him and the frag, the round fragments and like blows out the little solar panels to recharge the calculator. And he's like, God damn it. Now I'm not going to get my $30 deposit that my parents gave me back. <laughs> it says in the back, <laughs> it says in the back in those old, like embossed fucking like name tags, property of Perturabo. Like, it's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> damn it. Uh, that's pretty so, funny. Yeah. I'm going to have to read this book now. Probably going to read it tonight. So, that sounds legit, man. I like it. I like the army list. So, hopefully that helps you out, Kenny. Appreciate the dick pic. Yep. So, that's all we got, dude. That's That's it. it. That's everything. Y'all don't know, but this has been a two-day thing. It's actually, we recorded this over two days. See if you can find out which spot we, we skipped. And if you can guess right, we might do something special for you. But probably not. so i guess before we go man do you have anything you want to drop off anything you want to shout out uh my event i'm having an event here on november the 5th um i got it up on facebook if you go to the indie 30k facebook page my events on there what's it called um I believe it's called Circle City Heresy. <laughs> How come you had to think about that? I had because I forgot what I named it. It's called Circle City Heresy. You can find it. Tell me if you Circle find Jerk it. Heresy. You love it. Yeah. Yeah. Circle Jerk. Practicing my downhill skiing technique. All day. All day. Did you find it? Is it on there? No, I didn't. Oh, you're not looking? No, I was looking at what Jake's new podcast is called. Oh, you're going to shout that out? Yeah. Anyway, it's called Circle City Heresy. It's on the Indie 30K Facebook. I think I put it also put it on the Michigan Facebook page. 
So if anybody happens to be in this area or like even if you're in California and you really just want to visit Indiana so badly that you'll come here for a 30K event, feel free. I'm going. I already got my ticket. Michael's bought a train ticket. He's going to be riding a train old school. He better show up like dressed like Bill the Butcher from fucking Gangs of New York with the big giant fucking hat getting off the train. That's what I'm going to imagine. Like there's all steam and shit. You come out of the steam cloud. All right. Don't fucking say it. <laughs> on eBay right now, son. <laughs> Looking up top hats and shit. Leather top hats. Uh-huh. So. so anyway. So, yeah. Your event. I found out that podcast name. Go shoot it. Shout it out. I'm okay. done. That's all I wanted to shout out was myself because I'm so self-centered. Selfish I just want to talk fuck. about want to talk about my own event so there's a new podcast on the on the scene right now and uh, i actually asked jake if uh it's jake with the covenant of fire podcast uh they just dropped their first episode last week so is he into uh, salamanders that's a salamander thing yeah i think so i haven't i haven't listened to the podcast yet i need to so we're gonna have to kiss each other on the mouth since we're both sons of vulcan i think y'all are gonna have to i don't he's in tennessee man he's pretty close to you so Maybe he can come up for the event. Samson's coming up. They could carpool. Oh, my God. We're all going to be able to, like, we're going to do some dark rituals at this thing. Yeah. But anyway, maybe we can. uh, I already asked him if he can come on next week. And so we're going to do an interview with him next week sometime. We're going to make my my friend Nick be our very own Spankatron. We're going to buy him a Spankatron shirt and make him wear it. He probably has no clue. We'll cut up a bunch of Pringles (laughs) containers. And like put him over all of his limbs, so he looks like a he's, he's really skinny shitty too. robot. He's skinny. He looks like Jack. He's like a shorter Jack Skellington, so they would probably fit over his arms. <laughs> we'll make just a bunch of <laughs> shitty fucking robot costumes and make him spank everybody. And like we'll buy like hockey gloves that will spray paint silver. He's officially my manservant. It's in the mission packet that he's my manservant. I wrote that in there. Oh, nice. So, so. we got that going for us for the event. <laughs> don't have to worry about shit we're gonna be all hopped up on mountain dew and fucking wait y'all have dr pepper right well yeah why wouldn't we have dr pepper okay i'm sorry well because we're wyoming savages does... we think yeah, we're savages wyoming doesn't have big red that's a big deal to me we have big red i'm glad <laughs> like i sent you pictures we got that yeah, red I drink i know there everybody that's like not familiar with this like what flavor is that red so it tastes like fucking red, bro. It's red. It's red flavor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, Covenant of Fire podcast. This is a dude out of Tennessee, Jake. Uh, I'm guessing he plays uh, Salamanders. I've got to check it out still. Uh, it's loaded up. I just haven't had a minute, dude. I'm actually, I got to drive tomorrow. So I'm really looking forward to catching. catching I'm on, tw- I'm on 12 hour fucking work days. So I might listen to it twice. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> once forward and then the other time backwards backwards so then we might have him on next week so he might be on episode 25 dude i'm pumped we got michigan guys coming we have a texas guy coming we may have tennessee guys coming we better we got, i'm gonna tell samson we got, we got kentucky tonight. guys coming i mean it's a it's kind of cool i kind of like i've got to represent like all of texas and like our meta is not as strong as your guys, so I feel like I'm really gonna. You don't know that you've not been here. I don't know. I know how you play. 
I'm the worst guy here. Everybody beats me. You're in for it. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> They're going to go like, oh, this dude plays a bunch of dreadnoughts. Eat it. And a lot of those guys <laughs> listen to our podcast, too. So, like, it's even worse. Like, Oh, they already know what you're bringing. Bring my Raven Guard. <laughs> yeah, let's do him live. Seven, seven fucking flyer army coming your way, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did y'all, did y'all bring a bunch of fucking anti-tank? Suck a dick. <laughs> Try to kill my dreadnoughts. All right. That's all I got, man. That's it. So check out Covenant of Fire, everybody. Check out Covenant of Fire. And then, of check course, all-, all the other podcasts. I mean, yeah. hands down. I have Horus. Uh, actually, speaking of Ferengi, high horse, real quick. and Heresy, Northern yeah, Heresy. Heresy, Northern Heresy, Age of Darkness, Seize the Initiative, uh, loaded, the Wolfkin, Wolfkin just started dice. back up. Wolfkin yeah. just dropped episode sixty-two. Sixty-two. Like, Why are we so behind, everybody? Because we're we're the new guys on the block. Well, not anymore. Not Jake's a new guy on the block, but nah, nah. I think we're like one episode behind Varang and Heresy. But uh, but speaking speaking of uh uh other podcast i've been talking to tim with the eye for us yo and uh i think he's gonna be doing something pretty cool pretty soon like patreon wise i think he's gonna start a patreon patreon what's, what's that it's like you, you donate money for like you can donate like a dollar a month or like two dollars a month or something like that but he's gonna start like uh unlocking the sound checks for Patreon. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And cool. so uh so the other day I noticed that I had a call on Skype missed from him at five in the morning. Yeah, because they said they were bored and they were just do like calling random people. Why didn't he fucking call me? I would have answered. I got Skype on my phone. I'd have been at work. I I now I have Skype on my phone. Just no, just no love. Them. I get no love. They're like, fuck, we ain't talking to that goddamn nasally hillbilly. We want to call Michael. How how cool is that though? Like how cool of a fucking like for for starters, if I got a call at five in the morning from Tim and Michael, like on their podcast or like just just for their sound check, and they just started talking thirty k to me, we're gonna come up with some shit. Cause I'm gonna be like half asleep, like legit out. I don't care like who's in my bed with me. Like I'm talking thirty k at five in the morning. Like it's going down. <laughs> some gro- <laughs> some fucking like groggy ass fucking Michael. Yeah, man, fuck yeah. Uh, dude, I'd have been wide awake. I'd had a, I would have had an hour, an hour's worth of work left if they'd have called me. <laughs> I'll tell them that. I'll tell them. I'm going to put it on the fucking super chat here in a minute. Well, I'm supposed to talk to them anyway because i got to get on there and talk about the Michigan GT. I've been sworn to fucking secrecy. They have like my, uh, they've bought out my media rights. Your media rights to Michigan GT. Yeah. That's right. I said media rights, not meteor rights. They can have those too, though. I said meteorites too. Did it sound like I said meteorites? No, it I, just uh, I just I noticed that meteorite sounds like meteorites. Yeah. We've talked about some dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling oh, you, well. man. Hot just imagine like... how fucking funny it would be to get a call. Like, I just I just imagine like how cool of an idea that is to sell their sound checks. Like, call on I random would... ass people because they're random as it is. I feel like I'd much like. As much as I like hearing the 30k side of things, like I think that'd be hilarious to listen. You to know what? We're, you know. So here's what's fucking crazy. So this kind of reminds me of some silly shit we can put on our podcast if you want. So my mother-in-law has been listening to our podcast, even though she has no clue what we're talking about, just because she thinks that 
I'm on the radio and like I'm doing a radio show. She listens to the whole a, thing. Yeah, like she's listening right now. Like essentially, maybe, right now. Maybe. But tell her hi. Yeah. Tell her what's up. Shout hi, Marianne. Hi, Marianne. Hey, Marianne. So, I'm Michael. So. Okay, cool. Anyway, we could get, we could get her on the podcast. I, I'm down. So you could talk Call to my right mother-in-law. <laughs> She'd be asleep. Um, Call her right now. So, so that could be funny. And then my dad, he every time somebody comes over to his house, because once again, we're all backwards hillbillies here that barely understand how the internet works. He thinks I'm famous because I'm on YouTube, because I've shot those just the tips videos. Like literally thinks I'm like a fucking like Tom star. Cruise or some shit, like a star. Like you, my boy's on YouTube. So everybody that comes over, he shows them my YouTube videos. That's my son. Hell <laughs> yes. Is that not I the most ridiculous that thing? Of me. Yeah, that's not ridiculous. It's awesome. I think it's funny. So we need to get my dad. My dad looks like, um, I don't know, like Tom Petty or some shit. He's like this little bitty dude. His long fucking hair is parted down the middle. Always has a Budweiser in his hand. Like it's permanently glued there. Always has <laughs> Budweiser in his hand. Always has a pocketed shirt with Marlboro Ultralights in it. Like, that's him. It's like, that can is from 1980. Do you just keep refilling Oh, no, it? they don't last that long. I promise you that. It's different cans, but he always has one. <laughs> I'd love so. to have your dad. Your dad and mother-in-law. I'd love to have Marianne on the show. <laughs> Maybe we can get her on here one time for five. She, fuck, you think I like to talk? Holy shit. We'll never get her off the air. She'll talk and talk and talk. Y'all guys need to write in questions for Marianne. We'll we'll yeah. randomly call her one time when we're on the podcast and see if we can get her to answer live on the podcast. I'm and I'll just I'm... I'll talk to her about random stuff and just see what she says and not even tell her she's being recorded. It might be funny. Yeah, let me see if Tim's on while we're talking about it. No. This this is the longest podcast in the history of RFI. Yeah. My buddy Sam's on. We could call somebody, but that's okay. We don't want to steal Ive Horse's idea, I guess. That's their idea. That is their idea. So anyway, that's all we got, dude. We're done. That's it. That's it. We're done. We're gonna throw the music on. We're gonna we're gone. I don't know how to close out now. Like I feel like we're Bye guys. <laughs> Bye. Later. <laughs>